Speak only when spoken to. Obey our Lord's every command upon forfeit of your life. You two are worthless husks before the might of the supreme overlord. And then he goes, any questions? <laughs>
and it was a blast, man. You know, we were talking on mic together, and you know, so we were hanging out, talking, chatting while people were getting pieced up, and you know that that was so much fun that it got me kind of sucked back in. Like, well, maybe I'll do PvP a little more. Maybe I'll try the rank system. And then as soon as I did, I immediately got like sucked in because all I wanted to do was get better and better and learn how to get headshots on the first attempt and, and stuff like that. And so at the same time, the Halo Championship Series, which, you know, with the esports teams is happening too. So I pulled that up on Twitch, which is something I never do. But I was like, well, let me see how the best people supposedly right now are playing because I kind of want to do that right now. And so that just kind of fueled the desire which pulled me away from the campaign, but I'm 100% going to get back to very soon. I feel like watching that would just depress me. <laughs> the, <laughs> the, uh, the, I, yeah, I clearly haven't played because that's on a Stone Age gaming machine. But the the, 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 uh, the Cheap-Ass Gamers podcast, the, the one guy, uh, one of the hosts on there is like a massive Halo guy. And he they were talking about it in the last episode. And he was – he actually – you know, PvP, that's what it is. It's a PvP game, so of course that's built out and, and you know, I'm sure maximum enjoyment for people that want to play that. But he was actually, he was talking a lot of shit about the campaign. He was saying that, like, it's beautiful, of course. It's fucking, you know, the, the new game for the, for the Series X. So it looks beautiful. He's like, but the can't, like, it's, he's like, it's a, like, it's a, like, they tried to make it an open world game, right? It's the first time they've tried to make it this open world thing. And he was like, it feels like incomplete and that, like, there's not, like it's like a it's like a sparsely populated and small. So he's like, not only is it like not, and I'm sure he's saying this relative to like maybe a Bethesda game, the kind of like a Skyrim type world. Mm-hmm. He's like, it's nowhere near like huge. So it's not like it should feel this way, or they have an excuse for it feeling this way. But it's not. It's like a, an empty space for the most part. There's a lot of empty space, you know. So that's like I was listening to that. I was like, I'm never like, there's no chance. PVP, no way, in hell, no way in hell. If the campaign was something that was alluring and good and in the in the tier of the things that i like to play maybe i could get into it but dude i i think you would like the campaign is amazing though like it's because you have first of all i i would completely disagree with that but even if you would say that the campaign is sparsely populated like you have, like it's Halo. Like you have these great machines that you can drive. Like you have a warthog you're driving, or you have a, t- a freaking tank, which is freaking. I love the tank. Like I, I'm not a big tank guy. Like I'm not a war guy. <laughs> not, not a big but for some guy. reason, the <laughs> tank in this is so <laughs> powerful. It's so fun. Jay, who are the ta- who? Who do we know that's a tank guy? <laughs> who's, who's, I mean, who's like. Generally, Jab's probably to, actually Jab probably is a tank guy. I, like generally, when it comes to war games, like that that those are not my jam. You know what I mean? But driving a tank or a warthog or something like that is so much fun. And so you have because you have those, you're covering farther ground. And so you're not going to have just like enemies scattered because you're not expected to just run from place to place. So there's not like I, I don't, they, I don't think either. I don't feel like they were like necessarily saying specifically enemies. I'm sure there's shit to shoot, but there's like. Like, you know, POIs, like there's not, they made it sound like it, you know, the thing, again, the things that I yearn for in a game like that, an open world game, like, you know, like fucking I spend, I spend hours reading the books on the bookshelves in Skyrim, like that kind of shit is the thing I'm after. And they're like that level of detail and granular. Yeah, it's there. It's just not as much, which I appreciate because those games as the same, same kind of thing. Like if I'm playing... 
Assassin's Creed Valhalla right now, and there's like 40,000 points of interest, realistically, me knowing me, I'm getting maybe 10,000 of those. Like, if they're <laughs> if they're related to fighting somebody, yes. If they're related to, like, something that's going to help me, yes, I'm going after that. I'm not going to every freaking thing. And See, so that's the thing. I, I like think, a little I think with that. those big games like that, those fucking AAA games that are supposedly such a wide net that they're trying to cast, mm-hmm. you know, uh, it's, it's the superhero movie of video games that, like, they're... Which, I don't know, that's a bad example, because those don't appeal to everyone, I guess. I don't know, in their minds, that's the widest net they can cast, though. The, you know, Bethesda puts that shit in those games for that player. Like, yes, probably not, not even a majority or a very small minority percentage are going to read those books. But that level of attention and detail is, I think, something that should come with a game like that. You know, I think that is, I think that is a, a thing... That should be that that is part of that big of a game, that big of a of a fucking um, franchise. Like that's a part of it that is worthy of, you know, well, judgment of judgment. You know, well, I mean, uh, I get that, but at the same time, there are definitely audio tapes and files and things that you do find. You know, there's clearly files, Spartan files. equipment. What about me? What about mainframe? <laughs> there's hundred <laughs> percent, and you're gonna want to play them every time you find them. You know what I mean? Like, for real. So those, to me, that's very similar to, like, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Like, you find those, they're optional, but I'm 100% listening to them because it's, like, related to the story, the lore of what's going on. And so, like, you have those. There are are at least, I don't want to spoil it, there are at least four different types of those things that I can think of that you find. So I don't know what these people are expecting. There's a lot of that stuff there, you know? Like, to me, it's kind of, like, the right level. So, I don't know. I say check it out. It's worth it. Get your ca- your combat fix. Get your exploration fix. The story is good so far. Like, I'm really liking that. Like, it's, yeah. Great game. Great game. See it for yourself. Okay. Okay. And then, uh, yeah, so the next one, it's kind of funny. I'm definitely going to seem like an Xbox homer here again, and that's okay. <laughs> uh, but I've gotten much more into Minecraft. Okay. So... You know, I is that an Xbox yeah, native thing? Owned by Minecraft, uh, Mojang Studios is owned by my uh, Xbox. How long has that been the case? Ooh, what year was that? I should know this, but it's been—I don't know—eight years at least. Oh, uh, really? Minimum. Hmm. Yeah, I, I don't think of. I mean, I don't play Minecraft, so I'm, that's part of it, right. I'm sure. But uh, <laughs> I don't, which is weird because I think I probably would like Minecraft, but the—I don't think of that as a Microsoft property. That doesn't. Oh, yeah, interesting. It doesn't, yeah, yeah, it's on every platform. You know what I mean? But it's, it's right. That's yeah. It's yeah. It's fucking everywhere. Which I mean, sure, all games are now. But that you know, <laughs> even if it's owned by Microsoft. But yeah, but but yeah, man. So that's kind of why I've gotten more into it. So I played it in the past with Zion because it's a sandbox, open world. You know, we always play the creative mode. You know, because her being younger, it was one of those things that earlier we would play Disney Plus or not Disney Plus, uh, Disney Infinity. Back in the day, which was similar, you could just build things with Disney characters. Um, so, from that standpoint, I played with Zion, but for me, it's kind of just been like, all right, I'll do it to spend time with her, but I don't really enjoy it that much type of thing. Um, but recently, uh, within Microsoft, I learned that I could get a subscription for free to this thing called Realms Plus. And so, when I looked into it, essentially, it's like my own server with me and up to like 11 people at a time. It's always online. Um, it comes with 
a bunch of uh, I don't know what it is a bunch of different effects and different worlds and skins and all this kind of stuff that comes with it and so because Zion was into it and I was like hey this is it, it comes with all this and I know Minecraft recently had this big huge update and I didn't really understand what it was about but I was like hey maybe I'll check it out and so Jesse my brother plays the game a lot or used to play the game a lot and so I just text him like hey I just got this Realms Plus subscription. You want to play some Minecraft? He was like, dude, I was just going to text you. This big update that they had made the world so much bigger. I was going to see if you wanted to give it a try. So he's been playing it more than me, actually, in my realm. Like, I'll turn to Xbox, and he's, like, always been in the realm. Mainly because he's at the last <laughs> realm, But, you know. But still, it's it's actually been a lot more fun because we set it up in survival mode. So on this realm, I can have, like, three different worlds. So I created one and instead of being creative where I play with Zion and we just have access to everything, we just build whatever we want. Survival mode, not only do you have to survive, if you die, you lose everything that you carry. Um, and you have to mine for stuff. Like, nothing is given to you. You guys, you're just out there. You just got to figure it out. And it's actually been really fun. Just like, all right, let me just chop some wood. Let me build an axe. Let me, You know what I mean? And actually build a structure and, like, get it off the ground safe from what happens at night and playing with Jesse at the same time to where he actually knows what he's doing and kind of figuring out like mining deep underground. It's been far more fun than I expected to have with that game. Like, I just can't believe I'm having so much fun with that game. Cause I consider it a kid's it's been, game. It's been, it's been consumed at a, by, like at a voracious pace by such a wide swath of people for so long. I'm so wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's always been fun when I'm in a creative mood, you know, like it's always been fun playing with Zion. I just, I, we never really played the survival mode, but she's playing survival mode with us, obviously, now too. So it was her, me, Zeke, and Jesse all at the same time playing. And yeah, man, it, it's just been really fun. So yeah, if, if you're into sandbox and building, feel free to jump onto it. Like I got a rub for you. I'm sure I would <laughs> dig it. I, I'm, like, that's, that's the kind of thing I fear. You would, like, because of it, so much you can do. There's, like, enchanting and, like, all this stuff, which is an extra layer added to it. I was like, what? Yeah. It just, it blows my mind that it's not, like, way back I'm, when I first started playing with Zion, I thought it was more Lego-like. Like, you just right. stack things on top of each other. Like, <laughs> no, no, it's much more deep than that. Like, you got to build circuitry to make lights work. You got to mine to get materials. You got to uh, actually, yeah. like, it is... Yeah, I, I feel it's like weird. that's something you would actually like. I'm so weird about like that, you know, like I like the best example I can give is I love fucking SimCity. Absolutely yes. love the old school SimCities. Like yep. the the like the SNES one is my favorite version of all time because there's this like it's a complex game, particularly relative to most pla uh console games, but there's they made they 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 kept it with this level of simplicity that made it extra like so consumable and i bought SimCity 2000 mm. for my pc that's shitty hp i had in you know around 2000 when that came out and it had gone too far back then i can't imagine what it's like now but like it had gone too far <laughs> they, they worked in water you have to deal with water pipes and shit and i was just like this is fucking too much. It's just too much. It's too much shit to deal with, you know. And There's like, a right level of exactly stuff of complexity, that. yeah. And, and and for this is just exclusively my what I enjoy. Uh, and the, yeah, that's the thing. Like that's the the beautiful thing I love about Civ is they've always kept it 
there's so much complexity to that. It's like you were talking about with the DPS shit for Elder for Halo Scrolls. or whatever, yeah. shoot, whatever, anything. Uh, I think in the last episode, it's like, yes, like that's intriguing to me, and I like that it's there, but I can't, I can't, <laughs> I, I, can't I can't, I just can't. I don't have the emotional bandwidth to, to invest myself that far. And like Civ do- allows you to play it at that distance if you want. There's the granular shit there mm-hmm. if you want to get into it and really, really slice up everything and try to, like, maximize efficiency. And motherfuckers on the Civ Reddit or subreddit are, like, all over that stuff. Oh, like, like, starting point, C, to just fucking, you know, every possible number trying to maximize their fucking play. And I'm like, I don't, I just want to, I want to get all the wonders and I want to get to the end. <laughs> like, I turn I turn off the endings that piss me off. Like, the, the religious endings piss me off. The scientific endings, fuck all that. It's too... You know, you got to work too hard. Like, no, I just culture victory, get wonders. I just want to have fun, you know? And, and like, yeah, that, I, I appreciate when a game allows me to play it at that, whatever that is, that distance or whatever, you know? And I, I worry that you know, Minecraft might not do that. <laughs> <laughs> or might not, not, might not be incentivized enough to do that. I'm sure you can play it without understanding yeah. anything, but like. Yeah, there's no quests or anything, right. not from what I understand. So you're yeah. just, yeah, doing Fucking around. Word, oh, word, man. word. Anything so, yeah. else? Uh, other than that, yeah, just a lot of ESO. Hmm. A lo- not a lot, like filling in the gaps between a mildly responsible amount for for <laughs> Jay Baxter. Is that, like, yeah, is that the amount? I would say relatively small. Probably <laughs> three weeks ago, a lot more because I was working. I was grinding to get the special gear for my Magicka Dragonite, which is like my fire, my second character I ever created on ESO. But he's always been kind of second tier. Like, he used to be mainly PvP. Then I had him, like, I tried to have him make him a tank. Then I turned him to a stamina character one time. So he's kind of bounced around. But with the changes, and now that I can use, like, stamina sets on... Like, I don't have to just have a Magicka guy wearing a staff, like, or using a staff. I can have swords and an axe. And so I actually have him with swords and an axe right now. But all his, like, weaving in his fire flame spells in between slicing you with a fl- with a sword and it's so much more fun now but you know that game for where i'm at unless i just go do the same uh solo stuff uh with that character that i've already done in my other characters it's it's group stuff so i haven't done a whole lot with that but had to get them ready so that i could just jump into whatever trials and you know four man content i can get into over the holidays i figured now that i have them ready i got the gear not could play doing doing the groundwork nice <laughs> like, I, I just gotta keep up with that game man it's so good like i just can't stop it you know like mm-hmm. it's it, it's funny like you were talking about going too far i think that's one of the things that i like about eso it's like the perfect level of you could play that game any freaking way you want to there's people who just like collect stuff throughout the world there's so much of that that i've ignored that this is so possible mm-hmm. and you know, I, I love that that is there and that you don't have to worry about that. You know, there are. Damn, I lost my train of thought. Hold on. Give me a second. <laughs> give me a second. All right. Coming back from that long ass break. Um, <laughs> that is why I did not get into Conan. Have, did you ever try Conan the Exiles before you went full Oculus mode and stopped? No. <laughs> so but I love I love Conan lore, so I'm dude, I didn't even hear this. So this game is huge. Like I don't I want to say when I downloaded it, this was probably four four or five months ago. Um, 
when I downloaded it, it was probably 150 gigs, maybe even more. Like, it was a huge game. Maybe 200 gigs. It was huge. But when I got into it, gorgeous game, beautiful world. Like, I'm clearly I'm running with just a loincloth. Like, I got to go get stuff and all that. But when I looked through all the menus, dude, I had no, I had no freaking idea what to do. There was so much... I was like, that's how I it was can't. with that's how it was with fucking what's from a fuck the the uh, outriders. So I was just like, you thought so really with that? Exhausting, yeah. Oh, dude, that's so much simpler compared to this. Oh, <laughs> like you're not crafting stuff, but with that, it was like, do you need a profession? Do you also need your side profession? You need this other thing, and I was just like, what? It, what are all these? Like, do I have to learn all of these things? Like, I don't have time for this game plus anything else in my life. Is what is the impression I'm getting here, and I just can't. Like as, as beautiful as I looked, as much as I wanted to try that, I, I don't think I can. Yeah, I, I've never even heard of that. That sounds like a story. Was I mean, I'm, there's zero chance. I'm, it's probably not even on Game Pass anymore, right? No, it's still there. I there was nothing. Yeah, it's been on there for months. That was one of the things. It came out without any fanfare. Like if I didn't work for Xbox, I don't think I would have known that it was there. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that game is going to Game Pass. Let me try it. And yeah. That's how it went. But otherwise, it I, I haven't seen it in ads. I haven't heard it talked about. But I, I if anybody's played it, let us know. Like, I wonder if it's really good. Like, <laughs> yeah, if you've yeah, gotten yeah. into it, I'd like to know. Use your feedback. Word. 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 But yeah, man, that, is, that has been pretty much it. What about you, sir? Demio campaign drop and a new walkabout mini course came out same day. So many activities. <laughs> uh, yeah, the new Demio campaign is fucking beautiful, dude. It's so good. Yeah. Have you even looked at it yet? Not yet. I still haven't oh, touched dude, it. It's so fucking beautiful. The so yeah, the new character is the the bard. The new bard character is a completely different approach to playing the game because you know those four primary characters that you had the the archer, the assassin, the the mage, and the the heavy, the guardian. Yeah. Or all, you know, uh, I mean, they're they're obviously tons of uniqueness to them in the way you do it, but they're all offensively focused characters. There's right. very little. You're not. There's some buffs, I guess. You know, in that yeah, like the guardian can put down the fucking the healing tota. Yeah. There's the some mage can definitely buff if they want to but i i usually just don't i usually just go right. full damage <laughs> so yeah so yeah so they're not you know all those are all four very offensively minded characters and the bard is not at all like he has very little offensive firepower i would say full support mu- character yeah exactly he's much more devoted to he has a, a number of there's like this like his his reoccurring card his his replenishing card every turn is this courage thing that stacks on characters that you can get up to like three or four stacked versions of it and each one you know the first one you take one less damage the second level you do a damage an extra damage and take you know you have the and you keep the um, take one less damage and then the third one panics things sometimes like just literally mm-hmm. by being by you by the character that's on that level it will panic characters and they'll run off for two turns you know so there's like it's like there's that like base level of 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 buff that he can use constantly and then there's a bunch of stuff he had there's a there's a a healing spell he has that lasts for a few turns mm-hmm. and it's like anyone within in any of the allies within a three by three square of him heal for like two hp a turn for three turns or something like that so you have that and there's you know he's got 
He does have a few offensive spells too, but like his offensive attack is, you know, super, it's just a little dagger thing. Um, and it's, it, it's most of the time, it's not really the most beneficial application of him. He's almost always, you're better served giving the assassin or the guardian or even the archer increased damage or less damage because they're actually in the fray, you know? And like, it Got just, it. it's, 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 a, it's a, it requires, I haven't even played it yet. You know, I, I haven't come off my high assassin horse. <laughs> uh, uh, except I actually had to last night I was playing and I, I, I came back in on the final board as an archer because of a situational thing but that you know I'm almost always the assassin so I haven't played it yet but but I have seen it enough to like to know the gamut of it you know and and, and have a pretty good um, grasp of it he actually has the coolest thing he has this tornado attack dude that is it's the coolest looking spell animation in the game by a country mile and uh, also pretty destructive and effective too so Oh, yeah, okay. really cool, and just it, with him, you know, it's all new cards, all new fucking artwork, all, a whole bunch of new shit visually to look at. It was pretty cool, and the forest maps themselves are absolutely beautiful. It's like it's it's still on it's on a tiled grid, mm-hmm. you know, just like the 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 two previous dungeons that of course compromise realism to some degree and keep it feeling kind of like a board game. Right. But they did wonders, I think, in the design of this one with like constricted pathways, and it's just like. They have a lot of the second board in particular has a lot of varied elevations to it that that really make it feel less dungeony, you know, and and more oh. like a forest, which is what you know where the where the story set. So it's really cool, and there's a shit ton of new enemies, uh, a lot of which, when you kill them, impart. And this is a new thing too that was not in the previous two campaigns. When you kill them, they you get cards from them that are. Uh, specific to what they could do, you know, what what their abilities were. Oh. So, yeah, you can use like reward cards essentially for for killing certain enemies, and and that's a really cool and interesting new uh, angle gameplay mechanic that that was not uh, present previously. Uh, so that's pretty fucking cool. And the new final boss is no goddamn joke. Like, like. I, like I, you know, I beat it the first time I played it, and I was like, "That was pretty fucking easy." Like, no, that's not nearly as hard as the Rat King, really? especially since that last update. The Rat King has been a fucking beast. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> like, I play, like you know, I, I guess I just got lucky with who I was playing with, and like had their shit together. Like, if you were playing with people who don't have their fucking, who are not on their p's and q's, man, you can get fucking dropped like a bad <laughs> fucking habit by these things, dude. It's yeah, it's the the it, it's good. The it, the, the final boss is a, is like requires just a completely different mindset and approach relative to battling, you know, particularly the Elven Queen is like a cakewalk, of course. It's the, the right. starter pack. And even the Rat King is a completely different thing. Like, the Rat King has mechanics that are like, you know, because you don't want to kill those rats because they replenish him. So, like, that's like a very, that's an interesting dynamic that uh, is very unique to to him and requires strategy and and you know like understanding that like okay I have to take this hit that I normally wouldn't take because of the situation or approach it because a certain way because of that specific ability that character had or that boss has you know right which right. is of course great boss design so yeah man it's it's fucking really really fucking good I get like that that fucking you know the boss battles. <laughs> like, I mean, you know, you talk about competitive. Like I am, I'm competitive too. It's just in a different way, I think. And like, I've caught myself 
Like last night I was playing that fucking day. I was like, I've caught myself being overly critical and oh. like, like, getting, <laughs> like, like being a little like fucking snippy about like decision making shit in the moment. And like, you know, I'm like Josh Allen. My passion for winning can get the best of me, and I apologize for that. Anyone that I played demio with the past few days, but yeah, like it gets, yeah, it's, it's, and that's 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 a testament to the increased difficulty and 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 better design to it that you can one or that emotionally invested. That you mm-hmm. care, and then two, that it's hard enough to push you to that point of agitation, you know, or I think are, are um, comments and 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 uh, you know compliments of 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 the design. But you know, of course, you don't want to be the dickhead in there in a fucking in a, in a, in a fucking <laughs> Oculus board game, fucking being a dickhead. About stuff. Right? Like, how uh, dare so, you? <laughs> yeah. So sorry about that. If uh, <laughs> If you if you play against my shift key is broke and in demio and you're like oh, that guy was kind of a dickhead like I'm sorry <laughs> I'm not trying to do that I just I want to win I'm you know, I think you know I have my opinions <laughs> uh, so yeah it's great though we, yeah we fucking have to, that's a great idea to fucking try to try to get in a play of that yes ASAP and then the yeah, the new Walkabout also had his new course that came out uh, on the same day, which is wild. And it's got uh, Shangri-La is is the, the the name of it, and it's so it's you know it's got these Far East vibes going on with it. I'd say it's a little easier than Babylon, which is kind of good because I think Babylon is too fucking hard. The last one that dropped, uh, there's less a little less reliance on angles, which I you know I kind of like the angles, the idea that you know strategy of it, sure, uh, but it's it, it does not, I would say it's not as dependent on that, and more importantly, it's like the, the thing with Babylon is there's no backdrops, dude, like every, like behind the pin on just about every fucking hole is, like if you hit it too hard, you're just either out of bounds or, yeah, you're fucked, you know, so like that's, oh, fuck, that's hard, man, that's a rough thing to put into a fucking mini putt-putt course, you know, and, like, it's on every fucking hole almost, so it was nice that they backed off that difficulty mechanic a little bit for this, uh, it's definitely not nearly as prevalent, uh, but it's good, really fun, and, you know, of course, again, new balls to find, love it, I haven't even played the hard course yet, I just, I downloaded it literally right before the Bills game, I was, like, scrambling to finish my first run on of it, run on it, as the Bills game was starting, you know, I was like, literally, like, oh fuck, they're about to kick off. And like, I'm like, fucking, like, got like two holes left. I'm like, I don't want to lose the fucking thing. Because it's funny, dude. Every time it happened, it happened with Babylon too. Every time I play a course for the first, like, it, I guess I shouldn't say every time. The past two times that I've downloaded these new courses and played them, like, the, oh no, this was actually with with Coyote. This also happened on Coyote. Like, you know, and I've done better since, of course. But like, in each of these three times, I have done really well on my first time through it. And then my second time, way worse. Like, there's like a, I don't know, a certain level of, you know, you call it beginner's luck, but I think it's just like a, a level of naivety of just like approaching it and not trying to outthink it. Because your second time through, you're like, okay, that happened last time. I'm going to try to right. do this in a I'm smarter way. And it's like, no, <laughs> dickhead, just fucking play. <laughs> you know, so like, that's happened each time it happened with this too. Uh, so yeah, like I was like, I was having a good run and I was like, I don't want to fucking you know, lose this good run, which who cares? You know, there's no scoreboard or anything, <laughs> you know, who gives a fuck what the hell's wrong with me. They also actually, you know what? I forgot. They, they added, a an avatar designer to it. So now you can, you know, it used to be just that visor and a gray right, thing, right. you know, uh, humanoid figure. <laughs> uh, now it's, you can actually design what you look like oh, you know, when, you're, when, you're, when you're playing multiplayer. So that's cool. 
So I designed a character uh, yesterday, too, after I was uh, played a little more after the game. So that's pretty cool, and definitely going to be playing more of that, uh, getting getting into those that, that new course a little bit. And then the last thing is I'm still cruising in Resident Evil 4. Like, I'm kind of shocked. Every time, like, I'm shocked it's not over. <laughs> like, every time, like, I'll do something, and, like, I think I'm almost done or almost to the fucking end, and then I'll enter this a whole new fucking area and I'm fed another plot point and I go check the map. I'm like, fuck, I, there's a whole thing I haven't even fucking seen yet. Like, so I just, I can't believe how long it's been, which, you know, I, you know, it's Resident Evil 4. Like, you know, of course it's like a big game. Like, a, I guess I shouldn't be surprised, but I don't know. I just kind of expected it to be like, I think I'm, I'm over I'm in double, double digit hours now. And I, I like, I thought this game was going to be over <laughs> a while ago two-thirds yeah six hours into this i was like oh this is, i'm kind of getting to the end i think i think i said that on the last episode it's like i'm almost to the end and like yeah. that's two weeks ago and i played it quite a bit and made quite a bit of headway so yeah i'm kind of kind of fucking surprised at how how much is there i guess and it's fucking a plus experience though dude like fucking 10 it's a fucking 10 i, like, I cannot <laughs> recommend you gotta play it dude it's so fucking good and and you i mean you played biohazard on yeah on the on, yeah on like PS. your whole th- VR, yes, yeah. so fucking, dude, yeah, I mean, it, it's, I guess it's probably not quite as good as that, because that was a newer one that was, you know, modeled from the ground up for VR, yeah. even though it wasn't an original release as VR, so it's it's probably not quite that good, and I think just generally, you know, like, the story is, like, the older Resident Evil, the story is so bad, dude, the fucking acting is just so bad, like, you know, and, and I, I just can't stress, like, I know it's deliberate, but it's still, you when you're in the moment watching, you're like, fuck, that's terrible, <laughs> like, the story, like, the story you're telling me sucks, that person, that, that acting sucked, like, everything about this sucks, <laughs> but the game is so good that you're just kind of like, right, it was scary, and it was exciting, you yeah, exactly, yeah, <laughs> and dude, yeah, it's, yeah that, I mean, it happens so often, dude, like, fucking, there's been a lot more of that, too, there was a, had to do a sequence where you have to become the girl, and that's you know it's always you're scrubbed of your offensive capability when you become the girl, of course, and you are are just essentially trying to avoid things. So it, it's much more predicated on mm. jump scares and stuff, and you're just kind of walking through dark ass places and like hoping you don't die, you know. And, and the way they apply. Like, when you get caught by something, it'll happen just in normal battle, too, that you'll get grabbed, and the way the mechanic for getting out of being grabbed by just a normal enemy, it'll, like, cut to this kind of cinematic-type deal, and it'll show you your controllers, and there's, like, a handful of different things that they'll make you do, and it's, so you have to, like, look at it, process what it's showing you, and then do the thing, you know? So, like, sometimes it's just whip your controllers both up. Sometimes it's shake them. Sometimes it's hit the button, the triggers, you know? So, like, you can't just... It's not just a... Like, when you cut to that screen, it's not just do a certain thing. You have to, like, in this moment of, of fucking strife, <laughs> read and react, which is, yeah. I think, a really fucking cool uh, application of the VR stuff, you know? So, that's it's really cool. But fucking, you know, that all, that all, that all happens a lot. When you obviously have no offensive capability, it's literally just being grabbed by shit. So you're like, you're constantly right. doing the fuck, fuck, fuck. And like, if you get it wrong, you die essentially. So it's like, you know, fucking, it's pretty, pretty fun and 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 interesting uh, mix up to the gameplay, which is you know a lot of it is of course just shooting shit and to, right. to anything you can do to break that up. I think is a good thing. So nice. yes, yeah. very fucking good. Highly recommend. Uh, hope you asked Santa for it, Jay. <laughs> I don't know, man. I was actually interestingly enough. Considering getting Resident Evil Village the other day, the, that, that the, the latest one on Xbox. Yeah, 
because it's it's on sale. You know, every, everything's on sale because of holidays right now. So mm-hmm. I was considering getting. I was like, okay, I could, I could pull the trigger on that. But again, it'd be another game that I can only play late at night when no kids are around. Yeah. For fear of I will, you know, scare all the, shit all the out. more reason to get the get the VR version, it's, it's, <laughs> right? Nothing, then for, I, nothing for him to look at. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> then they'll just be like around. They're like, "What's happening?" I if I do that, Zeke will be like, "Daddy, what's happening? What's it? What's it about? Is it scary?" You know. No, no, I, I, I can't give. I cannot buy any more games right now. I actually bought for the first time. I, I don't even know why I turned my PS4 on. I think it was when I was moving everything around and getting my setup all situated, you know, everything with the lights and all that. Um, and I was reconnecting everything. I turned the PS4 on, and I was like, "It's holiday." It's, I think it was like during Black Friday. I said, "Let me see if they have a sale on something I can't play anywhere else." And I bought Spider Spider Man Miles Morales for like freaking ten dollars or something. I was like, "Why not?" Like, I of course I have not touched that, and I'm right, gonna turn yeah. it back on. I would say terrible, who knows yeah, terrible. When. Terrible thing to do to yourself. <laughs> so when I feel like playing Spider-Man at some point in the future, or months from now, I can enjoy that. <laughs> Dope. All right, let's get into this fucking mag. building theme from Dick Tracy. And that is kicking off the June 1990 issue of GamePro and the cover price $3.95, $4.95 Canadian dollars as it has been from Square One. And NES Baseball is what they're telling us or yelling at us <laughs> at first glance on this cover. And the tagline below that is swing your way into these all-star greats. The illustration is an ultra-futuristic scene at, a, at home plate with a dude smashing a dinger with a lightsaber. And he, the catcher, and the umpire, 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 are all in armored exoskeletons. And the umpire and hitter both have eye overlays that I'm guessing are meant to help with ball tracking, targeting type deal. So, you know, very, very fascinating. Future- yeah, very <laughs> futuristic shit. And the hitter has a pretty serious stash. And <laughs> Loric disciple John Beecham pointed out that he could very easily be mistook for Magnum PI era Tom Selleck. Or any era Tom Selleck, really. If you look him up, which I did just for the purposes of this fucking little situation here, uh, he's got a Blue Bloods picture from that, that show, that cop show, I guess. <laughs> and he's rocking the same exact stash still to this day. So it's, Really? It could, yeah, it's, it's not really Magnum. Even though you might think of it as Magnum P.I. era Tom Selleck stash, it is actually always Tom, era, Tom Selleck era stash. <laughs> and John actually asked why the hell they have Selleck here hitting this ball. And my rebuttal was... I don't think it's Selick doing the hitting. It's clearly that symbiote mustache of his doing all the work. <laughs> I, I'm like, I, I, I got to Google Tom Selleck because I'm like, I'm looking at this dude and I'm thinking this is old school Burt Reynolds. Like that's who uh, I Well, it, that's kind of the same thing. <laughs> it's, it's super close. In fact, I think like for a large person. part of yeah, I think a large part of my childhood, I, they I, same human being to me. You know, <laughs> uh, in later in life, they became very different individuals because Burt Reynolds remained 
this like very iconic movie star kind of thing. Tom Selleck kind of faded away into more TV. Obscure. I mean, I guess you know Magnum PI was obviously a TV thing. He's always been more of a TV star. And as my love for film became more of a thing, and Burt Reynolds was in you know like Boogie Nights and shit like that, these movies that I really really value, he became a very different person to me. But yeah, in my younger years, same fucking thing. Like. You know, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, that is a serious uh, stash. Yeah, <laughs> and Tom's case in particular, though, I think it's probably the case for his real life too. His 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 whole adult life has been that that mustache has done all the work. <laughs> you know, I'm guessing. Nice. So, 15 pages of power reviews is after that. They got Ultima Four here, Spider Man, Crater Maze, Ghostbusters, Maniac Mansion, Mafia Conspiracy, all listed, and then they have an exclusive Disney Pictures' Dick Tracy as the music bringing us in here. Pointed to. And lastly, we have free poster inside, and then I'm on the edge of my seat for, for what that might be. And I'm actually, I'm not think, I, I think I tried to find it, and I couldn't. I, I'm not sure what the poster is. I, I don't think it's in the, it's not in the scan here, and I, and I couldn't, Googling around, I couldn't figure out what exactly it was for. Maybe it, we'll look at the table of contents when we get there. I'm sure it says there. Inside, we have a full, or a first-timer full pager from Taito offering up some ninja options in the form of Wrath of Black Manta on the NES, and has a ninja in customary ninja garb that never looks as form-fitting in real life as it does in animation and video games. <laughs> and he's doing one of those, like, kind of straight-up-in-the-air ninja jumps in a cloud of purple smoke. He's wielding a katana and whipping a shuriken at the at the camera lens, like at our POV. Wow. And... They are rocking here. It's you know we've seen this a bunch of this dude. They're rocking that as seen at the Nintendo World Championships logo, up in the corner there. And like, I'm guessing like there must have been a trade show or something happening along with the event. And that's the only explanation I can cook up for this fucking game being able to rock that logo publicly because this was not in the Nintendo World Championships. And we've seen that in other games where it was like that is not. Yeah, like we the World Championship there, games. But like, yeah, World Championship game. games was Mario Three, Tetris. Rad Racer, and I think one other one that I'm drawing a blank on, but it was definitely not fucking Wrath of Black Man. And <laughs> you know, so. maybe that was their initial road show. Like here we are, like inter- like preview, right? Type of yeah. thing, like on the side. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because you had exactly. a ton of people there, and right. they're gonna have stuff for them to do uh, other than yeah. just watch. And they're definitely gonna be trying to sell them some shit for of some course. Kind. Yeah. <laughs> or get them excited about it, the stuff that they're about to sell them a couple months later. You know? Right. Never before has a force of one been so powerful. That's the headline on this ad. And we've talked about the game quite a bit already. It's an interesting and admirable effort. Admirable effort, but it comes up pretty short, I think, gameplay-wise. Yep. So that's coupled with yet another title full pager for Target Renegade on the NES. And you've got the strength. You've got the moves. You are the weapon. The bone-crushing sequel to the original Smash hit or arcade smash hit, Renegade. And they toss in an onomatopoeia starburst for good measure, going with kapow, oomph, <laughs> arg. <laughs> I love onomatopoeias. <laughs> so that's pretty fun. And the model they are rolling with for the street brawler in the live-action photography section of this ad, or part of this ad, where he's he's photoshopped in front of a Manhattan skyline at sunset in the midst of a full-on jump kick. Yeah. And I look at this dude... And it gives me nom flashbacks to print ad auditions I would go on in my early right? days of living in NYC. Come you know? on. Yeah, there's this, it, it's, it's just, I don't know, I can just, like, I remember, and I actually booked this one, the, the, I booked the Samsung ad where they ended up using the ads on, have I, have I ever told you the story of the Samsung ad? I mean, we were living I don't together. Remember. So, yeah, yeah, probably. If I, if I tell you, you might remember, yeah, but I, I, I'm sure. I, I think I've mentioned it on this on the pod before. But yeah, I, I, I booked this thing, and it. They ended up using it in. I was wearing a Colts jersey. 
they ended up using it at the Indianapolis Colts football stadium. Oh, I remember fu- that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. So like, and they were like, they do. They they printed like fifty foot tall things that they hung from pillars or some shit like out in the concession area or something, you know. And you know, it's like for the audition because they just used the like. I, I don't think I even had to do a shoot. Like I feel like I did the audition, and if they 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 had a trampoline there, and they had you jumping up on the trampoline, just like being fucking rowdy and uh, in in Colts okay, gear, yeah. and if and if they wanted to use the picture, they just paid you uh, a, a a flat fee. So I'm pretty sure the audition I did the thing, and they ended up using it. And Presley from Delta Chi, our, our fraternity brother, yeah. he texts me really. <laughs> You know, I don't know, whatever, seven months later or some shit. He's like, I'm in line for a beer at the Indianapolis, at, at an Indi- at a Colts game right now. He's like, and I just dropped my entire tray of beer because I fucking stepped away from the counter. I turned and looked and I saw your stupid ass jumping and like doing a you know, fucking like punching in air 50 foot high. He's like, I, I literally dropped the beers. <laughs> That is great. Uh, uh, but yeah, that's the audition I think of. Like literally, I'm jumping on a trampoline for like 15 minutes, like just ah, doing fucking football fan stuff, or what I perceive to be football nice. fan stuff on a trampoline, you know. And yeah, that's I, I I I guess my guess is they wanted to see your jump kick before they were booking you for this. <laughs> this dude is definitely on a champ- trampoline. I was like, I wonder what the shoot was like for this, like. If it's not a trampoline, he's definitely fallen because he is angled up in the air. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yep. But nightmare. Nightmare things have to go do. Just like you're just, they're so awful. Fucking go in there and just like room full of fucking strangers. Little to no direction. The worst environment ever to try to like create reality for yourself to be something or do something. Like audition environments are horrible. And print ad auditions are even more horrible because you're in a room full of 20, you know. You're all kids. They're in this case, they're models, like <laughs> like young twenties or even younger fucking print models. Like just a horrible environment to be in. <laughs> you see the same people. It's like, what's up, man? Oh yeah, I saw yeah. you at the one yesterday. Yeah, yeah, yeah fuck it, awful. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's all I can think about looking at this. So they have anyway. There's a ton of fun copy in this ad. I fuck it's it's like there's way too much to fucking prattle off. You gotta gotta just look at this thing. There's a lot going on with it. There's like there's there I, I like the. They have snarky screenshot or yeah screenshot captions like they're, they're, at the bottom. There's a few baddie character illustrations with with colorful descriptions for each of them. Each of them. There's a whole bunch of like boastful ass claims about the sound effects, graphics, fucking soundtrack deal going on with it. It's a terrible game. Too. It's a horrible game. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so, they definitely try to get you in. Like they got exciting yeah. names for the characters. I mean, who who doesn't want to go talk to Siggy and <laughs> hang out with Achilles? Like, let's yeah. see what's going on. You got yeah. ninja kicks, like. Yeah. No, yep. sorry, it's, though, it yeah, doesn't work. It's ape, apex '90s video game marketing. <laughs> um, following that, we have a Technos two banger trying to enlighten the masses of their brand being something to be reckoned with, even though you might not know who the hell they are due to their not being the publisher on games like Renegade, the the original, Double Dragon, etc. And that leads us into the table of contents. And the table of contents is pretty much same old, same old. But let's see if they mention the poster. Do not appear to. I do not see poster mentions on here at all now. Yeah. So yeah, no, I'm, yeah. I'm not sure what the poster is. I'm sure it's awesome. 
Bandai is still trying to convince us to buy Air Fortress uh, with a full pager up next after that. No thank you. <laughs> uh, before, and then they, we, we go uh, going big on a sprawling four-page excuse me, announcement for the NES adaption of the June 15th Disney film release of Dick Tracy. And do you remember this? Like, what, what's your, like, were you, was this a movie you were into as a kid? No, dude, nah. this was, it was big, clearly. You know, you, you saw it everywhere, and they were marketing right. it, and so it was like, all right, I watched this movie, Yellow Dude in the Coat, you know. Did you go see happens. it? I definitely saw it, but it was like, okay, Warren Beatty. Like, to yep. me... My uh, my point of view as a kid, I was, they were touting Warren Beatty is this guy, and I'm like, don't know who he is. <laughs> yeah, don't know who yeah. this character is. Like the movie, he's he's fighting mobsters. That's some old 30s stuff. Yeah. Okay. No. Not yeah. Into it. Sorry. No. Just, yeah. Same for me. Man. Same for me, man. Like I, you know, I mean, this is 1990. We're 10, nine, yeah. nine, ten years old. <laughs> like you, you can't. You, you don't have enlightened fucking uh ideas or perceptions of mobs any any any, any well anything i'm just saying like yeah. you know your ability to perceive something is off about something like you're, you're a kid you, you don't have that level of just fucking savvy to to perceive the world in some sort of fucking you know high level way and make like educated judgments about things but like even as a 10 year old or however old i was like Something about it was just like this is fucking something's fucking wrong. Like just it's just something about this is off and doesn't land right. Yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah, you know. And and yeah, so yeah, so this film was a project that Warren like looking up the the history of it. This is a project that Warren Beatty had been trying to get made as far back as 1975. And Whoa. yes, it stem yeah, it stems from a 1930s comic strip that I guess was a childhood favorite of his. Is is my thing based on what I was reading and. I know, for one, how nice would it be to be powerful enough to just will blockbuster film adaptions of what are essentially just nostalgia obsessions from your childhood into existence, you know? Like, that's that's just, that's what it reads to me like this absolutely uh, was. Yeah, so yeah, he got the rights to the comic strip in 1975 and, like, shopped all over the place. I mean, he had, you know, Steven Spielberg, like, he had a whole bunch of crazy directors looking at it, and it passed through a bunch of hands. It would end up being Beatty would produce, direct, and star in it when he finally got it set up. And he would rope in a pretty ridiculous cast, including Al Pacino, Dustin Hoffman, James Kahn, and fucking Madonna, <laughs> you know, to play to play the lead uh, female role. And I get it even it ended up winning three Academy Awards: song, makeup, and art direction. And it did all right at the box office. But yeah, all of that said, like I could just something about it was like, nah, man, fuck that. That's yeah, something. That's yeah. not. That's not. You know, because the thing is, it's pitched as. And they do that with the the ad here. It's pitched as like this thing geared for kids now, and like, no, it's no, not. No, it's not though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not. I like, don't connect to this on any level. On, yeah, on any things. level whatsoever. You know, and, and you know, and like, you know, it's fucking. We'll get to it with the game, but like the the game's not out yet, so we're not going to do a deep dive on it. But like, I kind of like the NES game. The NES game wasn't bad. Like it had some shit going on with it that was a little uh, above and beyond just like what you kind of would expect to be this shooter with fucking uh, an old gangsters and shit. There's a little bit more going on with it that that was a, a nice concerted effort. So I remember renting that and kind of enjoying it. But like, yeah, the movie just could not have been less interesting to me, you yeah. know. So yeah, it was just weird. I I just can't explain. Like I just knew that, and, and like again, like going through and kind of. Uh, 
assessing now as a fucking 40-year-old fucking dude looking at kind of how this all came to be and, and having a little bit of understanding how things, how movies get made. Like, you know, yes, this was something that he was just obsessed with from his childhood and he had enough power to just make it happen over, you know, that's 15 years he's trying to get this thing done, you know, and, um, you know, God knows what kind of leveraging he did. Cause I mean, that's the, you know, I, a really good book. I can't recommend enough to read easy riders, raging bulls by Peter Biskin is the, is the author. And he was a, he's a really accomplished, uh, film entertainment industry journalist that he wrote a handful of books. He wrote easy Rider raging bulls, which is about the pass off of, the change of the studio system in the late 60s, early and into mid-70s of kind of taking the, the power transferring from the studio system to auteur directors and the artist, basically, which is, you know, the cold Dennis Hopper, fucking Francis Ford Coppola, Steven Spielberg, like those directors assuming power and then you know essentially killing the the studio stable system where they were they were just like employees when they became kind of freelance artists mm. that the steer that's the studios had to bend to the will of to attract to do movies for them it's like a major shift in power and a major shift in the way the industry worked uh and, and B- biskin's book is, is a really good look at that and he has another one too that's called down and dirty pictures i think it's called and that's Kind of the same level of like really deep, like how the fuck did he find all this stuff out kind of thing. <laughs> like a lot of it's like really insider baseball personal things, you know. Like I, the, a story I remember in Easy Ride Region Bulls talking about fucking on Jaws, Steven Spielberg having like they were like f- taking groups of women out. So he was single and like that shoot was a nightmare and like, you know, they were so they were in segregating that little area where they were shooting that movie and they like they were like taking boats of women out just to hang out with him just to like give him something to fucking do that wasn't stressful you know <laughs> and like yeah like they're talking about in the books like how the fuck do you know that kind of like really specific shit you know there's a lot of that so yeah so they have one about the the weinstein like the the early 90 early to mid 90s weinstein era of american independent film the uh, Richard Linklater with Slackers and uh, Clerks with Kevin Smith and and a lot of that uh, Tarantino a lot of that was all curated and made possible by the Weinstein brothers and and their companies so uh, he has a really good book about that too so yeah so anyways Warren Beatty's in a lot of that first one and you know he's fucking a weird dude man and yeah he is like yes this aging star that like. You know, Bullworth is kind of the same thing. Bullworth is a movie that is just, it's, you know, it's him having enough power to make something happen that wasn't really, didn't, it wasn't the right time and place for it, you know, but he was powerful enough to make it happen. And, you know, I, I like, I, it's, I don't even know if I ever watched that movie in its entirety, but it's just weird. Like him, him trying to play that politician and like there's this hip hop component to it of him trying to adhere to and utilize it's just it landed so flat yeah. to me you know? other than that one song with the 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 really attractive curly haired light skinned girl uh superstar or whatever well, other than that everything about Bullworth was not appealing to me <laughs> you know do you was, remember that movie no not at all I, I remember the name couldn't tell you anything else like about 1998 it. when you say, say it i'm like i remember that name but i'd have to google it and remember anything about it but was it was dick like a tracy, slight play did dick tracy ever like, did that run any point recently, like, in our childhood, or did it stop, like... Yeah, no, the, the, the last, I mean, like, yeah, I don't, 
the it, everything I was reading was saying it was it was the, it was a a 1930s comic strip. So he just that, plucked it from, and it was like, boom, we're gonna make this happen. And we're like, who is Dick Tracy? <laughs> right, yeah, right, right, right. Which you know, I mean, you can you can do that, but you gotta find a way to make it, yeah, uh, relatable, yeah, to the current childhood landscape you know the, yeah and they, they did not do that with this at all it was yeah so uh, i don't know super that, weird that's that's the problem though because when i look at something like this like it's funny because i realized when i look at this i i often enjoy reading the copy you know for these game features and when they focus on a game or franchise like this that i'm just not interested in it sucks because i just want to skip the whole thing because <laughs> like, like, I'm immediately just like, oh, this is that movie yeah. I didn't care about. Like, scroll past. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and the dude, I mean, it's it's so Disney fied in that it's like this. The ad I'm saying it's you know it's 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 a four page deal. The first page <laughs> is a solid black page with it's got the Dick Tracy illustration that's basically a logo dominating half of it, and then the words "I'm on my way" written below in bold white. So I'm guessing that's like a catchphrase of his or something. Please note and, he is not talking into his iWatch. He was ahead right, of the right, right, yeah, right. yeah. So yeah, so he's <laughs> he's talking into his watch and logo, and that's probably the most recognizable and notable thing about the character, to my understanding. He had what amounts to an Apple Watch in the 1930s, which is you know that's kind of a cool gadget, you know. Um, so it just now became cool. We just right. we noticed that right now. Now it's cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then the middle two pages are a comic style illustration of Dick running down a city street in his signature yellow hat and trench coat. And the title treatment is real big up top. And they have three, which is just, I don't even, it's, I, don't even, I can't imagine, like, I don't know, it's just, why are these here? But there's three <laughs> microscopic fucking screenshots in a small pitch text box in the bottom left. And they tease a free poster that comes with a game in the box, you know. And then the fourth page of the ad is disguised as an editorial piece in the magazine itself. You know, so half of it is dedicated to talking up the movie with their screenshots um, here of the of the film itself, and then the other half is dedicated to touting the game. You know, and I mean, honestly, this it looks great, and, and like I look at that page of shit, and like I'm mildly tantalized by it. You know, like it's like a, it's a good ad, but. Um, yeah, the fucking, I don't know, just never cared about the movie at all. So, yeah, it's not out until August, so we'll talk about it later. But, uh, and, and there's certainly, you know, it's Disney, so of course there's a bunch of effort uh, with this and Nintendo Power 2 that we'll be able to talk about and use for addressing the game itself once it drops. But um, a lot of money spent on this, I'm sure, this ad. There are a couple pages of ASMIC and top player tennis jargon we've seen a bunch of that get us to the letter from the game pros and masthead. And the headline for the letter here is play, don't pray. And that is because they are citing a couple of instances of video game crime. And so well, let's let's just talk about the, uh, well, the, the, the capers. We'll talk about the capers here. Caper number one <laughs> is two sixth graders in Japan smashing the windows out of a store and stealing 338 video games. So the children return the games, and the parents offered to pay for the damages associated with the fucking vandalism component of it, and, and including 171 copies of Dragon Quest III uh, are still missing. So the so sorry, there's the the store owner claimed 238 carts were still missing after they returned the supposed games they stole, and 171 of those were Dragon Quest III carts, you know, and like Dragon Quest fucking huge deal there. So so the store owner has filed a damage suit against the children and their parents. 
And it's cited here that the copies of Dragon Quest are often the focal points of crime in Japan. Like, this is not the first time Dragon Quest crime has happened in Japan. There's muggings and robbing of game stores on record associated with this game. So, oh yeah, my like, gosh. I mean, you know, it's, it's, we've already, it was a while back we talked about it, but yeah, like in Japan for those games, people are lined up around the block like they do for a million things now. But back then, that didn't happen right. for shit, especially video games. And yeah, it was a fucking big deal there, like a national holiday. Like, no one goes to work. The first day after Dragon Quest comes out, like, huge fucking deal in Japan. So, so yeah, that happens there. And then caper number two that they talk about here is 50,000 copies of DuckTales valued at $2.5 million, vanishing from a 40-foot shipping container at the port of Oakland. And... How do you unload that many copies <laughs> of DuckTales? Right. I mean, I res- respect, like, that is a, a phenomenal game. Respect to those people for understanding... That that game was going to be the hotness. Yeah, the but value. But how do you unload that many copies of Ducktales? I don't know. Man. There's the, yeah. There's, speaking of inside baseball, there had yeah. There, you got you got a you got an insider there involved. You know that doesn't happen for sure. Yeah, you don't what? just roll. You don't roll up and just steal uh, a forty foot shipping container with fifty thousand copies of a video game for sure. That requires some some serious planning. A specific video game, not just like. Freaking Bionic Commando, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like, well, yeah, well, Bionic Commando is a good game too. Yeah, like, <laughs> I mean, do you think? I don't know. It's it's a very it's a very good conversation to have, uh, and an an interesting thing that, of course, there's no way to know. But it would be a really fun interview to talk to, like the fucking person behind it or which they I, they never found him so there's you can't that's even, what i mean dude know. but like but what i'm saying is like to know whether or not there was some concerted understanding of ducktales as a good video game or if this was just an opportunity to get their hands on nes game all nes games to like you know your parents are val- are, are are hot you know right. you have no differentiation capability of what the game is or care about it it's just a Nintendo. You knew game there was going to be. It's Nintendo. There's going to be high right. games there. Yeah. Exactly right. So yeah, I would just love to know if like the person if that was a calculated component of it that it was Ducktales that was gotcha. you know you know this Disney thing. It'll be really interesting. Dude, that makes sense. Uh, this it reminds me of that show. I don't know if you've seen it on Netflix. It's like bad. I think it's called Bad Sport, where they talk to athletes who have committed like huge crimes, some some type of big thing. And, like, they're talking about after the fact, like, a dude who was, like, an all-star point guard was going to go to the NBA but was shaving points his senior year. And, like, he's talking about it and, like, the bookie that he worked with. You know what I mean? And I'm just like, what? And then, like, this other dude who was a race car driver. I forgot his name. But he was, like, fucking winning and doing well. But he was also smuggling marijuana for freaking like Cuba or yeah, something like crazy. so they're talking to these people after the fact and talking about their motivations of what they were doing and it's so fascinating and I'm like I want to talk to people who did this right. like 50,000 copies of DuckTales like you said like tell me Love. about it like yeah. either Love. if you got like there's immunity now I wish there wasn't like I don't know how the law works but like, <laughs> yeah I, I would love to know yeah yeah come come uh come forward there's yeah you're, you're uh no it's not not yeah not immunity though what's it statute called uh limitations I don't know if that's yeah right. statute of limitations right yeah we, we've surpassed the statute of limitations I don't know, I imagine uh please come forward I would love to do uh I'd love to do a piece on that I should look into it. that would be a fantastic documentary <laughs> exactly yeah, that would be that would be a crazy ass fun film project. So yeah, the, like they wind that up, the ad up or the letter up rather from those. Like that's the whole point of the 
<laughs> fucking the the title of play don't pray they're like don't do crime <laughs> play <laughs> right. video game be cool and play video games that is weirdly toned i don't know weirdly weirdly toned uh, letter after that we have a full pager for hal's multi-screen pinball joining the nes rollerball and that bridges us to the mail and the first letter from Derek Chamaro in Fort Lauderdale gives me the warm and fuzzies. Derek tells us he has to ride his bike four miles to the nearest newsstand to cop his fresh, hot copy of GamePro. That's how he terms it. Every month, and it's so worth it. And I love that. I love, I love the idea <laughs> of a, you know children setting up these little goals in their mind and like doing whatever they have to do to, to work towards them and achieve them, you know, these really low scale, <laughs> low scale, low stakes things, but to the child at the time, huge stakes. Oh, <laughs> character is what we need. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So less, less participation trophies, more riding your bike four fucking miles to get game. Bro. Right. <laughs> right story. I had to ride my bike four miles both ways in the snow sometimes Yeah. to get a tip. I couldn't just yep. like dial it up on my phone. <laughs> right, right. Uh, beyond that, we are still getting absolute fucking heat for Louis Espinoza, <laughs> arch nemesis of Game Pro readership, <laughs> and his letter months ago now about tips and tricks needing to be removed from the mag. Oh, so yeah, so we have Chris Slate in Archdale, North Carolina, and he is like, who in the fuck? <laughs> it's just going to randomly push up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, BA start when they turn Contra on, man. Like, <laughs> you know, who is going to do that without tips and tricks and magazines? And that's a, that's a fucking sound argument yeah. to his position, I think. Like, that is a very sound argument. <laughs> but that, please. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's just great that they are just still flaming the fuck out of Louie here. Love it. Um, Love it, man. I mean, what what else is there? I mean, that is... What did he expect? Like, <laughs> unpopular opinion. I wonder <laughs> yeah. if the if GamePro when they saw that they're like, we are 100% pretty. This is we're gonna leave it up there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's absolutely just like hitting retweet on that tweet that you're like, I this motherfucker needs all that's coming to him. <laughs> <laughs> needs and deserves all that's coming uh, to him. Let the world see this. <laughs> yeah, thank yeah. you for your contribution to yeah. our mail. mail yeah. Mail. Yeah. There is also some significant real estate dedicated to reader feedback about the Pro Challenge Board section, i.e. high scores. And Bob Christopher of Coventry, Rhode Island, thinks it's absolute blasphemy for anyone to get their name printed as merely finished on a game where there are points calculated in-game. And he doesn't give a flying shit if you finished a game and didn't rack up a score warranting praise. Finishing it means nothing to him. <laughs> so he's saying, again, it's like a very fucking planning his fucking flag about... <laughs> who gives a fuck, dude? <laughs> I, wonder if, I wonder if he's still playing games nowadays. Because, uh, uh, yeah. Well, dude, I mean, this guy, that's... The letter, it's a, it's an adult. An adult wrote that letter for sure. Had been, and, right? Yeah, and, and well, maybe not. You never know. Uh, yeah, I guess I don't. Yeah, I, I wrote that. My my wording in my Wolverine letter. No one's gonna perceive that as a fucking eleven year old. <laughs> so maybe, but it reads to me like an adult, and I just who? How can you care? But some others are requesting that the 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 section stay, and one poorly written participation trophy mindset. Speaking of letter against doing so is here as well, and the editor notes point out after this discourse is shared with us that it will absolutely be staying so seems like a good thing we'll talk about it later when we get there <laughs> any uh any other letters fucking do anything for you not really i mean that that's that's mostly it i, I just yeah. love that they 
basically have an open comment thread going on like for everybody to right. see uh, and it's it's great like that's how yep. it reads <laughs> yep so yeah so it's it's, it's just fucking dude. and everybody's just <laughs> amongst themselves going back and forth and they're just sitting back there with the popcorn watching like dude, yes yeah. so and you can you, you know especially like okay louis writes that letter you know you, you write a letter like that, you don't expect it to get published. Like I talked about Wolverine. Like I did not mm-hmm. expect it to be the magazine. You, you said it though because you're that impassioned about this thing and like you're also bored enough to do it. Whatever. You send I hope the letter. They read it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So I just hope. I just hope I'm able to express the stance I have. You know that I feel strongly enough to sit down and write the letter for. I just. I just want someone to understand my plate. Sure. You send it off. And then it gets printed. So Louis's like, oh fuck, got printed. That's cool. You know, whatever. But there's, you know. I think well, I think the editors uh, had some little bit of response to it at the time, but you know, not whatever. You don't think it's gonna be a thing, and then like, so you, you buy in this magazine every month thereafter, and it just it's there and referenced every month thereafter. Like he's just like Louis, like I don't know. When's he get, at some point he's got to write back in. You know what I mean? Like you could only flame him so many times in this analog way before Louis's gonna have to fight, shoot back. So like. Are we going to get a Louis letter at some point here that is his rebuttal to all these rebuttals, you know? I feel so like much, that would be too So great. much drama. I feel so like much that would drama. be too great. And if it, if it happens, we're going to have to, like, condense this in, like, some kind of form and put it out, like, <laughs> again for everybody. Yeah, for sure. You know? Sure. We, we I, I will don't de- expect it, but that would be great. Yeah, we will. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Lorik Disciples, we will absolutely keep you abreast of Louis Watch here moving forward. <laughs> we, will, we, will, we will not let this... Just peter out if it continues within the mag itself. We'll be sure to highlight it. <laughs> uh, so the, the actually there is one more letter that I wanted that I, I thought was notable. They, the last one is praising uh, amongst much of the mag <laughs> as well, but specifically Adventures of Game Pro comic strip. And Jeff Goldberg of Elmsford, New York, thinks they should offer the comic in a standalone printing. And Game Pro. Goes okay, good idea. Sounds like money. <laughs> so uh, they actually, in writing back, they they praise Francis Mao, our our boy, the writer and designer of it that we see every uh, every month. And then they mention that it can be ordered now, and they've even even included a previously unpublished prologue. So they kind of did like a little, you know, a little bit of a special release in a uh, or, uh, bonus content loot. <laughs> like a, give us a loot crate if, if you buy it. <laughs> so uh, the link to the first edition of that compilation is in the show notes, and it's pretty dope looking. Actually, it's a pretty good looking comic. So uh, pretty cool that this is, uh, you know, Nintendo Power hasn't done that with fucking Howard Nestor yet. You know, so yeah. um, okay. I wonder if that exists. Uh, Howard Nestor compilation of some kind like that. You'd say, I just can't fathom Nintendo didn't think of that at some point. Oh you know, yeah, I was gonna say I'm sure that'll follow on here in what three, three, three to three to six months maybe. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, they're definitely gonna like. Oh wait, we actually were out thunk by a different company uh, on, on ways to exploit our dumb shit here. So yeah, that, that's probably very accurate. Then we have the subscribe to Game Pro shit and a ton of NES ads uh, peppered in here before we get to the cutting edge. And the games in there are Hal's Vegas Dream, Trade West Double Dragon, Ivan Iron Man Stewart Super Off Road, Activision's Ghostbusters Two, Vic Tokai's. Moffat Conspiracy and All Pro Basketball, and we talked about all these. Most of them are terrible. Super Off Road isn't though, <laughs> and so we are, we are too cutting edge. And this is on the Game Genie, and we they dabbled a little bit in this recently. Maybe it was in Pro News Report or something. So we've gotten a little bit about this previously, but now it's like it's the the picture is kind of becoming clearer here about it, and they actually get into like the very specific functionality of it. So 
The first thing I noticed here is the product picture looks nothing like what ended up on the store shelves. Did you have a game, Genie? I eventually had one, like at one point, like way later. Like, okay. I don't, but yeah, it definitely did not look like this. I, I saw this and I was like, is that what it looked like? Is my memory off? No, like, no, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it looks much less impressive here, particularly it, so it's lacking the gold finish. Like the, yeah, yeah. The, the actual release like was like this, you know, that like, like the uh, Link in Zelda characters is the same level of like shiny ass uh, finish to the plastic. Yeah. Although not, it did not have the kind of the matte finish. It was more of a glossy, but I'm so whatever. Of course, better looking than fucking just uh, like this is actually like very stock NES colors, the gray and the black. Yeah, you know? I, so I was very it, confused when I first saw this. I was, right. I was very much like, and honestly, I, you know, I that know. is probably it's probably not even a cosmetic choice to change it to that. Because I know they had a whole thing with this being a copyright deal. Like I'm yeah, sure, I think like NES sued. Okay yeah, happen. NES sued them. So like, they, I'm sure they tried to do it. They were like, we need to make it as far away from an NES that we're trying to bite off NES trademarks or mm-hmm. any sort of patented technology whatsoever that Nintendo owns. We need to differ, differentiate ourselves. So that's probably where that change to what was a very much cooler look uh, came from. But the copy is written from a perspective that. This is these things. This thing is like really is a genie in a lamp, and that there's all there's all sorts of wordplay in here around the idea that you're rubbing a magic lamp every time you fire your NES yeah. up with this thing in it. You know, so that's pretty fun. I, I kind of like that. And if you don't actually somehow don't know what the fuck this is, the functionality of it goes like this: you attach it to the bottom of an NES cart, and then you jam the combined monstrosity into your console, and it does not. It sticks out of it. You can't close the door on an NES. The flap yeah. on the front of an NES with it in there, so it's like it literally had like this, like the grip on the top of that little plastic piece, the black plastic piece that that sat on the top of the cart. Like it had like a little lip where like this is where the door closes onto. So you just like half close it onto that little thing, you know. Which <laughs> I don't know, whatever. <laughs> Dude, the whole time, I, the whole time reading this, I had a moment where I sat there remembering how it worked. I was like, wait a minute. But I couldn't close my NES, right? Like, yeah, I yeah. couldn't close it. Yeah. That's right. Super, like, super yeah. Bush League. Yeah. You know, they just. Uh, so you hit, you put that fucker in there, you power it on, and then you get a customary for the time password entry screen that would appear instead of the game. And you could input up to three codes to enact a, just a, like a million different things that you could do with this thing uh, and change the way a game would function. Uh, so think like extra lives and vulnerability, augmented gravity and a platformer for, you know, just for starters. And the shit could get way wilder than that too. And so you put in those codes up to three, like I said, and you hit start and the game fires up as it normally would only with these codes, like whatever you, whatever code you put in and it came with a book that would, you know, fucking explain what those were uh, or, or gave you a bunch of codes and, it, the game would operate completely normally other than those things happening kind of in the background. There was no visual yeah. differentiation to, you know, um, change how it looked. It's just that stuff would, would be happening. And uh, the code book I remember was like, you know, fucking dude, it was a big book. It was like a big yeah. uh, blue cover, red that red dude, their, their mascot on the front of it. And, like, the pages were super flimsy, I remember. Like, kids' books used to get fucked up all the time. It was like a really very poorly made book. As far as the page, but it was a ton of shit in there. A lot of every a million fucking games, a bunch of different codes for them, and I think it, there was like a, it was you know, kind of DLC kind of idea. I think they put out different editions of the book, and they would find new codes, and yeah, you know, so you know, it was essentially you were putting these codes, and they just it was just essentially tweaking certain different pieces of code within the game itself, of course. So it was just a matter of trial and error of finding shit 
even as yourself, like you could fire that fucker up and just put in random codes and shit would just sometimes, like shit would be different, you know, so like crazy shit would be happening. A lot of times it would just fuck the game up. Sometimes it wouldn't, a lot of times it just would make the game broken essentially. Um, and you just have to hit reset and try again. Uh, but you know, that was something you could absolutely do with it is just fucking fuck around and see what happens, which is, you know, obviously fun for a kid. Um, yeah, it was fucking lit in the eyes of a 10-year-old in 1990. It was fucking really cool. That's like the baseline functionality. And I'm reading this thing, and they have, they call this, pretty. this is wild as fuck to me. They call it the double whammy is how they term it in here. And they point out that if you want to use more than three codes, because like I said, that password screen had a limitation of only three. So if you want to do more than three things to your game, the option was there. You would just have to buy or acquire, maybe two kids team up for this, who have the damn thing, two of the units, and you could stack them. You could plug one into the other and then the game into the the one and stick that whole fucking monster into your That's NES, crazy. and it would fucking work, <laughs> which is crazy I as never fuck. even knew that. I had no, no fuck idea. no, I never knew that. They didn't, yeah, that was not... That was not, was I feel just, like that was not widely known. I mean, it's here in the print, so clearly right. people some And you know, and this I think it's I think we're still pre-release here. Well, it says it's going yeah, to supposed to be on retail shelves in June. So maybe that didn't happen or I don't know cuz yeah, it's that's something That's like, a piece How do we of, not know about this? Right, yeah. Game Genie was a fucking deal, dude. That was a fucking thing at the time, man. And yeah, if that someone would have known, that would have got passed around the cafeteria. Yeah. So At maybe maybe point. that got changed, but right. even so, I mean, even if some details clearly had to change before the final product was released, this was still a cool in-depth release at the time. Like, whoa, this thing is coming that is going to yeah. do this? Like, yeah, for sure. That's Huge why we game. love GamePro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fucking awesome. Yeah. So yeah, it doesn't explain anything. I'm curious. I want to know, like, I so badly want to acquire two of these now, which will be such a waste of money. <laughs> like, I so badly want to do it and fucking see it in action because, like, it doesn't specify in your how it would work. Like, I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm guessing that it just kind of jumps to the next in the same way just physically you have it set up. Like, you, you turn it on, you get the password screen for essentially that first one, the first game, game Genie. And then when you hit start off that password screen, it just goes to the next one. And essentially, you're just literally passing through physically to the next thing, uh, the next game genie and then you do the same three codes on there or up to three codes on that hit start and then it goes to the game you know i'm guessing that's how it works but i it doesn't specify here so i'd just be curious to know exactly yeah because um, i mean it had the little hook i'm looking at the image now i'm remembering how it looked yeah had that little hook that went on the end of your nes so if you stack them i don't know where you'd hook or maybe it would hook on i don't know um, yeah I mean, the hook's probably, you know, the hook's probably irrelevant. You know, the hook is, right. the hook is just a, a cosmetic thing. Um, I'm sure it would, just, it would just, it would, it would literally just like push that black thing up even further, and like you can't, you'd close your door even less. <laughs> right? Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I can't find anything on two, like just images of two game genies connected or stacked. There's nothing like that. Yeah, and, well, th- yeah. Do you not have to put it down? Do you not have to push the the thing down? Because how could it go down with that thing sticking out of it? It can't. It I think only it, goes down like a certain part, like a certain amount, if I remember correctly. That's that's what I, I, I told you. That's what I sat thinking for man. a while. I was like, how did that work? Because like, yeah, because that, that whole that whole carriage, <laughs> that whole plastic carriage, is the exact size of an NES game. So anything bigger than that, and it's not going down. So you must not have to put it down, which is weird that it could make that work at all. No, because the the 
like if your NES game is let's say six inches long, like the Game Genie adds an extra three inches or right. two and a half, whatever. So it's it's just not closing. That's what. I'm, so but I'm saying, but I, I'm not even talking about closing the thing though. I'm talking about you put the game in and you have to push it down. Right. And it only goes it down a certain amount. Like that's. Well, but how that's it, 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 it either hits the it either hits the lock or it doesn't you know yeah. either you, you know, if you push your if you put a game in there with no game genie attached and just push it down a little it'll just pop back up you have to push it all the way down and lock it in that position to get it to stay there so I think it must have operated without having to do that which doesn't seem possible to me because you can't put a game in there and do that it'll just fucking blink when you turn the fucking thing on so. We just need to just need to pull up a video of somebody putting one in. Like, yeah, show, fuck, man. Remind us how this worked. It's been yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'll have to look that up. Anyhow, fucking cool. That's out now. Um, so yeah, it says it'll be out in retail shelves in June and cost about the same as an NES cart. So I mean, that's kind of about what my memory uh, yeah. goes like. I like I like I might even have like I I kind of you know childhood memories how clear they are debatable. But like I like I might even had to choose. I might have even had to have chosen. Like I might have been, I, I have this like half-ass memory of being at the store and like being told like you can get that or you can get a game. You can't get, you know, you're not gonna get both these things. So like, I think I had to choose to forego a video game to get that, and that's quite a commitment as a child. Yeah, yeah, that's quite a commitment as a child. So I must have really had this sold to me in some way, shape, or form, and I don't know how that would have been the case. I don't know. I'm sure some, maybe some other kid had it or something, but I don't have like a specific memory of that. Oh, so you had yours in a very straightforward manner. I, I, I think I'm pretty sure I got mine secondhand, like at a flea market or some some kind of situation where I didn't have like the big official book. Like I had to like oh, that's rough. Go like maybe I went to the library to look it up. Like when Get I looked some up photocopies and or, shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like I definitely did not have like just everything you need. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember it being not straightforward and being excited to be able to use it. So. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. I mean, those things were probably fucking everywhere at flea markets and shit back then. They were, you know, it's glue. They were fucking everywhere. Yeah. Um, before things, before before video games became collectibles, they were probably everywhere. Vic Tokai's Clash of Demonhead full pager comes next, and then Pro Classics is going with a couple pages on Konami's OG Contra next, and they kick shit off with a bang of a pro tip. The Konami code for 30 lives. <laughs> the the aforementioned, and they even close the copy out with a joke about it. You haven't lived and died and lived and died and lived and died until you've tried Contra. <laughs> like it. Yeah, that's good. That's good. I applaud you. They walk you through the entire game here and then through the final boss battle even with some screenshots and reasonably solid play tips. That would be helpful to a first-time player for sure. If any of those existed. <laughs> and it's like you were just I feel like kids were just born with veteran status on Contra. <laughs> like, like, who has not played Contra? Everyone's played Contra. Yes. <laughs> the MSRP on this is $39.95, and that's a perfectly reasonable sum of American dollars for this classic, I think, at this time. Yes. Uh, I actually did the little extra legwork. CIB copies on eBay of this are more than twice that auction, or the auction start price is more than twice that right now, mm. just for some perspective on uh, For an OG price. cart? Yeah, for... Okay. Right now on eBay for a, com- a complete inbox Contra, it's like ninety bucks is like the lowest starting price. I I think that's fair. I think if I had an OG, well, dude, Jay, 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 no, no, that's the starting price of the. That's auctions. what I'm saying. These I are think, not buy it nows. No, I get it. I think that's fair, <laughs> though. Like that's a classic. That is a 
sure. For, but I also feel like it's a game that everyone, like, I, I'm, you know, there's like, yes, it's collectible. And granted, you're talking about a complete box copy. Obviously, that's a very right. fucking. That, that's why. Because right. of that fact. Otherwise, but even, dude, even the, like, Lucy's are, like, it's more than you'd, than you'd think of a really? game that, like, literally was everywhere, you know? I want to say it's in the 20s, you know, for, uh, hey, for just for supply Lucy. and demand. They're no. not still selling them, so. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think I have it. I don't think. I think for that reason, I don't have it. I haven't gotten it yet because maybe I do. I don't know. But um, I know it's more than you would expect, of a, again, of a game that's fucking just was right. so prolific. After that, we have Hot at the Arcades, and I get two pages of that. And we have Stun Runner from Atari, and that's a 3D hovercraft racing game that's uh, set in a tube. That's you know, sounds kind of cool, actually. And then we have Whirlwind, and this is an old-school standard pinball offering, not a video pinball game, and I did not expect to ever see classic pinball in these, right. so that was kind of, you know, kind of surprising. And this is this is a, a title from Williams Electronic Games, and they were a powerhouse in the pinball world. Uh, still maybe are, actually. And they're the manufacturer, and the theme on this one is Storm Chasers trying to track down hurricanes and tornadoes and such. And uh, just looking at it, I would absolutely pay 50 cents to give it a whirl. Har har. And that is the going rate for Barcade Pinball, if you're unaware. Um, if you didn't know, now you know. Then we have Final Fight from Capcom. And this is a side-scrolling beat-em-up that has a pretty nice reputation, I think. Oh, uh, yeah, this is yeah. Like one of my favorite arcade games. Whenever you saw really? that one, it was like, yeah, let's throw down some quarters. I'm going to be here for a while. Like... Let's say I'm at a mall or somewhere. Like It's clearly a place my parents took me. They got to go do some stuff. If there's an arcade and Final Fight is there, I'm like, Mom, I got a dollar. Can I, can I <laughs> go, go do that? There? Like, I don't yeah. think I ever played it. And, and, you know, this, oh. is this is an interesting time for fighters because this is still pre Street Fighter 2, obviously. And that's why it's so good, man. This right. is like, you know, a side scrolling, you know, you and your partner pick one of the three characters and go. Fight oh, yeah, this is a beat up too. This is, yeah, not, this yeah. is not a, this is not a fighter. I'm thinking a final fury is a, is a, is a fighter. Yeah. This not, is not, this is not one versus another. Yeah. This is more side scrolling. Yeah. That, that's why it was great. You know, I could, me and my cousin could play me and my little brother. Right. could play. It's, yeah. Love this. And even like, obviously this was eventually ported to the NES and all that, but as an arcade game, Normally, when we see these covered in the magazines, it's kind of like, yeah, whatever. But this game, yeah, hundred percent. Emotional tug, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> tugging on the emotional strings, <laughs> and nostalgia, nostalgia strings rather. And so then we get one more pinball ditty from Williams, and this one's called Earthshaker. So I guess natural disasters are apparently the flavor of the month over WG, <laughs> WEG. And this has a pretty cool mechanic. Uh, it says here that rocks the entire pinball machine when an earthquake hits within the you know whatever triggers that, and that's that's pretty cool. That like it, uh, you know, that's um. That's cool. One of the things about pinball is like they're just kind of reskins of the same experience in a lot of cases, you know. So anything, no matter how minute, to differentiate it in that way that plays into the theme of whatever the, the machine is is pretty cool effort, I think. So yeah, that is pretty fun. Actually, just went not too long ago to the L.A. Barcade downtown. I forget the name of it offhand, but it's pretty lit, and they have a dope ass pinball room. Like, uh, it's I don't know, probably. In excess of twenty machines, probably closer to thirty. So a lot of fucking machines That's in there. It gets busy as fucking. Like you're, like a late. We went on a weekend night too, like idiots. Uh, and I mean, it got to a point, kind of early because we're old. But by the you know by the time we left, it was like there's so many people here and. You have to wait to play anything, you know, and that sucks. Obviously, you don't want to stand around and wait for a fucking pinball machine or any other video game. But right, um, 
Cool place nonetheless, whatever the hell the name of it is. Good job, guys. <laughs> uh, Sam and Jin here uh, with a couple, or, or rather are a couple of tired NES Taxan shits, Eight Eyes and Barai Fighter. And we get a new full pager from JVC. Yes, the company that made mediocre stereo equipment in the 80s and 90s. <laughs> Which I did not know they made video games. For an NES title I'd also never heard of, Balderdash. And this is JVC's first stumble into video game publishing. But their gameography will soon turn to quite a few LucasArts collaborations on the Star Wars properties and shit. Uh, I also saw Secret of Monkey Island in there, which is a, is a dope-ass LucasArts PC point-and-click adventure game. And there's, like, Emma Smith football in there. So, you know, they they ramp it up a little. And have I ever told you, Jay, how much it upsets me when people try to lump Emmett Smith into the same category as Barry Sanders and Thurman Thomas? Have I ever told you how upsetting that I find that? No. <laughs> I genuinely get nauseous when somebody says that. That bothers me just an immeasurable amount. Emmett Smith played behind one of the greatest fucking lines ever. Forever. Like, he played fucking forever. And that's why he had that career rushing touchdown and fucking yardage record. He was not even half the running back that Barry Sanders was. And not nearly as complete a running back as Thurman Thomas. Barry Sanders... (laughs) <laughs> there are no words to describe how good of a running back Barry Sanders was. Emmett Smith was just a pound between the tackles guy that happened to be in a lit offense on a one of the last great dynasties, I would say, uh, other than the Patriots before free agency became such a problem. And yeah, how do you feel about Emmett Smith, Jay? I'm just curious. <laughs> Not nearly as strongly as you. <laughs> yeah, he's a great football player. <laughs> Fuck him and Smith. Uh, so, anyways, he's got a football game uh, that was probably pretty shitty because I never played it. Um, it's probably like that was it, SNES had a bunch of football. I think there was a Troy Aikman football on there too. Like yeah. SNES had a bunch of football games that was like you know, I didn't have an SNES. Uh, and even when Jab got his, like if it wasn't Madden, like fuck off, you know. So, um, the Genesis was not. I mean, you know, there was Joe Montana, but that was a franchise, and that was actually pretty good. Uh, the NFL, it was Joe Montana that became NFL football, and there were a handful. I think Troy Aikman might have been on Genesis too, but there wasn't nearly as many of them. So keeping up with all the different shitty football games on SNES oh, is borderline dude, impossible. N- none of them. If it wasn't NCAA f- football, like I didn't care. Like <laughs> the rest of them, like that one game, all the rest of them, I was like, nope, none of them are interesting to me. So I put them all in the category of meh. Yeah. Agreed. So this game, looking at this, the fucking box art, this this Boulder Dash game, looking at the box art of it, the, the key art, like it had generic platformer just tattooed all over it. Really? <laughs> One of the Lorax disciples on the fucking Facebook page, is, he was saying like, he pointed out like, stock blonde guy running from something. Yeah. Like, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. like I've seen this image before. Where have I seen this image? Yeah, everywhere. <laughs> uh, yeah, so yeah, we were actually, we were trading back and forth stock blonde guy key art <laughs> images on the Facebook page for a while. I think a Wall Street Kid was what I came back with, and then he had another one. Uh, so that yeah, was pretty pretty fun little. I never played it, of course, the game, Boulder Dash. So uh, it dropped in June, so here we go. I fired it up. Did you play this? I did play it, yeah. This game is fucking great, dude. This it's is a really fun. good fucking game. Yeah, this fun, is a, yeah, it's kind of fucking I didn't fun. Didn't understand it at first, and I was like, I was like, can I recommend another puzzle type game to play? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like it's it's. I would say it's like Adventures of Lolo meets Dig Dug. Yes, yes. If yeah. I were to put it in the words yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, of a shitty Hollywood producer, that's how I would pitch it to someone. And yeah, it's a real time puzzler. 
Um, that's the genre. And then, yeah, the Dig Dug vibes stem from the side view digging mechanics. And you have to pass under these boulders that can fall on your head if you don't have your shit together and you keep moving, you know. So, like, that's kind of the Dig Dug aspect of it. And the Adventures of Low, it's much more about, like, so you can manipulate those boulders in certain ways and make them fall in certain ways. And, of course, there's enemies. Uh, not always, like, the first level doesn't really have any enemies. So, it, it you know, that's, like, your get-your-feet-wet level, of course. But, like, it's more about teaching you, like, there's mechanics here beyond interaction with baddies, you know. Which is, that's good puzzler stuff, I think. So, yeah, I mean, it's fucking, I, I was like, I played the first level and I was like, holy shit, I'm going to keep playing this. Dude, <laughs> I, I died a couple times and... I knew I need no. I had other stuff to do, but I was like, <sighs> "It did it. It got me to the point where I need. I want to go get the instruction manual <laughs> to find out like exactly all the how stuff this that shit I'm missing, works. so I can yeah. play this the right way. Which means I'm going to spend more time playing this game. Okay, it's yeah. good. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, I love the just firing it up. I love the main stage music, the Boulder World theme. <laughs> The gameplay itself, you're, you run around, you're digging and grabbing jewels until you hit a requisite amount needed to exit for the level, right? And then you can go above and beyond that if you want to be a completionist. Like, there's an exit that you have to go to to leave the stage. So that's cool that it gives you, you know, that, like, choice of do I want to be a completionist completionist or not. So that's fun. And then, yeah, sometimes you have to push the boulders. You're dealing with enemies. Yeah, it's very low low which, I, you know, we talked, we played a bunch of two. And we talked about that, and I played the shit out of that uh, a little bit and put on our list and stuff. And I'd, like, dabbled with the first one, but on the flight to Tampa, I was bored, and, and I, I'd already completed my season of fucking Tecmo <laughs> Super Bowl. So I was like, I wanted to do something else past time. And I ended up playing the first adventure of Lolo yeah. for a big part of the flight, dude. That it's Dude, that game is so good, dude. It's so good. Adventures of Lolo is so fucking good. So, yeah, I was very low low And, yeah, I played the first few levels, and I added it to our shit worth playing list for sure. And a link to, link to that is in the show notes, as it always is. If you have a hard time picking something retro to randomly play when bored and want a suggestion, we have a whole list of things uh, to satiate that desire. And, yeah, I don't know. I just could, like, again, like that, you see that, that that's the kind of ad that you're just like, man. I why always skip right past this. Yeah, exactly. Like, VC, like this is the VCR tape. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, yeah. That was on the cassette tape. The, not yeah. cassettes, the... Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, the Blake tapes. Yeah, sure. VHS, like you said, yeah, like VCRs and shitty called. stereo equipment. Yeah, yep. Yeah, yeah, for but sure. But at the same time, yeah, man, I was surprised. I, I could not believe that. I was like, darn it, why did I die? I was doing well. Like, I got all the, the diamonds. Do I just leave? What if yeah. I don't leave? You know. So yeah. If I wasn't on page twenty something in this magazine, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I might. I'd probably play this a little longer. Yeah. No. Go five. It's shockingly good. And yeah. I mean, yeah. It's fucking holidays and like fuck off. You know. Like. I, also, I'm looking at the fucking magazine here. World Championship stuff on River City Ransom too. I think we talked about that already. But another instance of that just oh. popped into my fucking periphery here. Anyways, yeah. Fucking good game. Completely out of the fucking blue, and I'd never fucking heard of it. And again, just the reason I do the podcast. That kind of shit. So we also get the Air Diver ad from Seismic before our monthly installment of Adventures of Game Pro Comic. And this one is Chapter 10, The Supreme Overlord. They announce the game that they're like centering this one around in the second panel, and it's Tecmo World Wrestling. And the speech bubble has the full branded title treatment, basically the logo for the game in it. And 
Pretty sure this is the first time we're seeing this, and it 1,000% means Tecmo paid them <laughs> for this comic, yes. you know, for sure. So that's an interesting turn of events. Uh, not surprising at all, but um, that's new. We spend next to no time in this world, like within the, the comic here, the, the Tecmo world wrestling world, before cutting to some shit popping off at the Destructor, which is the evil Darkling Supreme Command ship. And I fucking love this copy of page two, dude. Well, So there's a, there's a couple of Darkling peons are getting in an audience with the Supreme Overlord, you know? They're gonna go before him. And the Overlord's assistant, like, is fucking the guy standing outside the door. He's briefing them on the way this fucking interaction's gonna go when they go inside, you know? And I'll just read the fucking copy. So the guy, the, the assistant says to these dudes, speak only when spoken to. Obey our lords every command upon forfeit of your life. You two are worthless husks before the might of the supreme overlord. And then he goes, any questions? <laughs> they're like, no. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're like, nope, nope, let's do it. Yeah. So yeah, I just, I, I love that they offered that opportunity to clarify any part that those dudes might find confusing about that. That right? litany of like you are scum. <laughs> Four peons from this moment, I was like, oh, they're dead. Yeah, spoiler, spoiler, they are. So yeah, so we are introduced to a new Darkling minion stalker. Before we leave this this um, edition here, this installment, and we see him dispatched to capture Game Pro before getting our cliffhanger for next issue. Yeah, we never even return. Like like the whole cliffhanger is like. Because usually you just spend one comic in a game, which is maybe another testament to them paying for it, that they get two mm. comics. So they had to find a way to spread what they normally do with a game across two comics, you know, and that's why it's like this. But, yeah, so you have that, like, first page where you're just game pros, like, in a wrestling match, and he's talking about one of the wrestlers, and you really go nowhere before we cut to the fucking the, the spaceship. And then at the end of it, they just mention that we're going to find out what happens with Tecmo World Wrestling next, you know. So I uh, thought that was pretty funny that they changed that up like that. Surely for... Monetary reasons. That is the Bases Loaded 2 second season on the NES title theme. Bringing us into Act 2 of the Mag here. A two-page spread for the bitch-ass Power Glove takes us uh, <laughs> from, from there into the NES Pro Views. And we start with an eight-banger paying off the cover feature of an NES baseball game offering Breakdown. And they start with Jalico's Bases Loaded 2, the second season. They point out it's a 125 game, the first thing I noticed. <laughs> they point out it's a 125 game season you play, and I don't think I ever committed that number to memory in all my playing this game as a kid. And it's weird that it's so many games, like 125 is not a small number of games, it's a lot of fucking games, but not... Not all the games? Yeah, it's not quite 162, <laughs> which is a full baseball season, full Major League Baseball season, and that's weird. Anyhow, I'm, I'm, there's just almost no question that it's just literally a cart limitation thing. They couldn't do everything they want to do. And they're like, what's the difference between 40 games and not having a good game? I support the choice. It's just weird. Yeah. And they have a pro tip in here stating the strongest teams are Jersey, Boston, New York, and L.A. Surprise, surprise! Just like in real life, big market teams that unfairly have exorbitant resources to work with because MLB sucks shit through a fucking go. tube and doesn't have revenue sharing. Fuck MLB baseball. Have I mentioned that before? Speaking <laughs> <of myself. laughs> I've never heard that before. Ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that was funny that the strongest teams are big market ones. The verdict on this one is that it's not without its flaws, but you really have to dig to find them. The background music is annoying and nonstop, which I've said before as well, even though I like it. And it seems that much of what the umpire says is garbled. So 
you know, their entire range of bitches for this game is that they don't like the music, the lack of music variety, and they don't like 1990 NES voice sampling. Like that's the that's all they have to bitch about. So so basically, it's a great game. Yeah, basically, it's a fucking incredible game. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, other than that, they call it the benchmark for other companies vying for video baseball's top spot. Mm. And the MSRP on this baby is forty six ninety five. And I've already talked it up a bunch. I own it; it's fucking great. And I even like that music. So, <laughs> so yeah, I don't even have that. And yeah, I don't have any problem with the speech voice samples either. Uh, they're better than the fucking like. I can't even. I can understand what they're saying, and I can't say that about Blades of Steel, which is another fantastic sports game. So yeah, and that fuck is you, definitely fuck you, Game Pro. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I have no idea what they're saying to me at this when you turn that when you turn Blades of Steel on. So it's better than that. So there's that's the first game, and we have seven more to go. The uh, second game is Culture Brains Baseball Simulator 1000, and that's that's the one on deck. Har har. And we've spoken about this before. It's a pretty wild game with, as the name suggests, a ton of simulation focused features going on. Some realistic and some not whatsoever. And uh, did you ever? You I think you you've. Did you, you remember fuck you you yeah. fucked with that and I think you you said nothing good about it if I yeah. recall correctly. <laughs> yeah, it's just yeah, it's just, just too much for me. Like yeah, for, when it comes it, to baseball, nah. Yeah, it's it's a cool idea, and I you know I like the idea of especially because you know not everyone likes fucking sports games, and that's one way. Like that Tadpog podcast I listened to, great pod. You know I I I I align with a lot of their viewpoints on video games. They hate sports games though, which I of course generally do not align with. But whenever a sports game has some sort of quirkiness to it, they're willing to give it a little more of a shot and get into it. You know, so it's 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 cool to create a game that's a sports game, but kind of targeted at the the, the player that's maybe not into sports games. So that's right. you know, as a as a creative that I, I I applaud and appreciate that that level of effort or that kind of effort. Third one we have is Bad News Baseball, and they've been Tecmo has been teasing this for a while in, in ads, and it finally hit in June, so it's fair game to to get into. And the copy suggests it's another that doesn't really take itself too seriously, mm. mentioning that the umpires are rabbits, dingers can leave the Earth's atmosphere entirely after they're hit, and batters literally get knocked the fuck out when they're thrown out or whatever. And they errantly suggest that you needn't worry about the height of the pitch in this, and other home plate view games like RBI Baseball. And that's not true in either game. Like, I wrote that down. I was like, oh, yeah, you can't, whatever. Like, RBI, sure. And then, like, I was playing. I was like, no. You can make a pitch go low and under a swing in RBI baseball, one yeah, and two. Definitely. And you can do it here as well. So that's inaccurate. <laughs> uh, did you fire this one up? No, I did not fire this one up. Oh, uh, no. Generally, when it comes to baseball. I mean, we, we've talked about this. I... I have strong feelings about certain teams, you know, certain eras of my life. The 90s, clearly, all about the Reds and the Yankees because of the Columbus Clippers. I would always go see the Columbus Clippers games, all that stuff. And even living in New York, you know, going to see – I saw so many uh, Yankees games with my friend Jen. You know, she we would go see him when everybody else is nor- working normal jobs. You know, we're out in between auditions going to see Yankee games. So, you know, I, I enjoy going there and watching the games, but – Generally speaking, I, like at this point in my life, it's it's the last sport that I'm going to watch. Like it just, <laughs> it just is, you know. Like it just. And when it comes to baseball, like the when we had our recent episodes where we were doing RBI baseball, and and then afterwards, I think I also played as a comparison purpose 
uh, MLB the show just to see, you know, how far baseball games have come. That's kind of like the scope for me. Like there are definitely some fun games to play. I'm not knocking that, but I looked at this lineup of baseball games. I'm just like, okay, base is loaded. Can't, can't do it. I'm, looking at this, <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, no, like this is like play, pick the genre that you like the least and play all the games. Oh, that shit, no, ton of games from it, yeah. The, yeah. the, the shitty versions. I'll play the, the top few, and we're just going to, yeah, well. I'm, okay. I'm interested, though, from an academic standpoint. <laughs> what is the ranking order of all these? Yeah. I don't care enough myself to play them, sure, but sure, I would like, yeah. I'd be interested to know if you yeah. have done such research, Josh. I did. I did, yeah. I fired it up. Uh, and, and maybe I'm just predisposed to being partial to NES baseball games, you know? Yeah. But this game is fucking great, too, dude. It's really fucking good. Bad There's, news? Yeah, there's yeah, there's okay. lots of good artwork. The music is solid. It's Tecmo, so you would expect the music to be great, of course. Okay. The player models, I would say the player models look better than both bases loaded and RBI baseball. Mm, and the play control works just fucking fine for me. You know, I think all, all these are pretty similar next to, or, or, or maybe even identical in that regard. And <laughs> a really fun thing I liked when the batters strike out. They throw a complete fucking tantrum uh, at, at, the, at the home plate, and they beat their bat on the ground. And I'm fucking, I'm, I'm here for that. <laughs> yeah, I'm totally here for that. So yeah, it's, it, yeah, like you know, the, the umpires being rabbits. Like, like I like that because you know, and we'll get to one later that does this too. You know, when you uh, skew in this world where like we're not taking this seriously, I think you can let. And it's NES, so how far are you going to get on the realism fucking spectrum, of course. But, like, as, as, as far as that spectrum can be at this time, I think games, a game could get away from trying to be realistic and be good in that regard, you know? And this doesn't at all. Like, all, like, even with all that quirky shit going on around it, it's the actual core baseball part of it is fucking... A tier, right on par with bases loaded and RBI, I think. So, yeah, really fucking good. And and, and, and because it has those, you know, I, I probably would never, because it doesn't have the same level of simulation effort or the player's license, you know, I, I probably wouldn't ever want to sit down and play, like, a whole season of this. But, like, as a, just if you're going to play a standalone baseball game, maybe even especially multiplayer, you know, which didn't play two-player, but I'm, I'm guessing it's just as good two-player as it is one, uh, this might be a preferable choice for that because it is just a little bit more fun you know and like you know especially like the whole idea like the bat thing like you know you strike your buddy out he's gonna fucking get all pissed off you know? his, his <laughs> yeah, game avatar sure. version is gonna get all pissed off but like that's fun you know that's more fun than just the player disappearing and we go to the next batter you know that's that's way more fun even though a small minute thing so you know there's definitely things here that that make it pretty fucking cool um and and no question worth being in the conversation here so i appreciate that you know, reading about it, I would actually play this game of of the games because of that. Because when I think about it, some of my favorite sports games ever are the ones that go out clearly outside the bounds of reality. Quirky. We're talking Mut- NBA Mutant League football, Mutant League football, NBA freaking, Jam. Yeah. Um, what is the other NFL Blitz? Love that freaking. I never got game. into that. I'm oh, too. I, love that. I need uh, with football in particular. Like I need hardcore simulation. Oh, no, I'm such a. Fucking I mean, maniac. don't get me wrong. I love. Maniac. I love my Madden, but like outside of realism, those games. Although are fun I'm lying, like there is a fucking game, and we're not to it yet in the Genesis timeline that was super early, and there was an arcade iteration of it too. I remember playing at a skate rink or something with David Camargo. That, but he had the Genesis version too. Before I got my Genesis, I remember playing at his house. Uh, what the fuck was it called? Like it's like p- p- rough, p- 
play rough something fucking something f- like it's very blitz like though and and you could very arcadey and you could get into fights where the entire teams would just start beating the shit out of each other <laughs> and and it, and it was it became it it just went to like essentially two power meters would appear and the two players would just jam on buttons and whoever <laughs> whoever power metered the max won the fight and I don't even remember what the spoils of it were but it was just it was just such a cool <laughs> change of pace with football that I remember playing and enjoying that quite a bit but NFL blitz was one I never really got into oh, even I though it was like that. even it was the arcades I love that one yeah, yeah. but but yeah, I mean that's why I would play something like this. Like, give me some hyper realism, some extra, you know, fantasy type stuff with my baseball. Oh, man. I don't even think I have that ROM. Fuck, I haven't thought about that game in so long. I can't wait till we get there. I can't wait to play that. Fucking <laughs> that's as we get off here. That's a fucking really cool memory. Sign <laughs> up. Uh, okay, so the next one is RBI two, and we recently did an entire game up on that gym. So tune into that if you want action on RBI baseball two. MSRP on that one's forty four ninety five, and the uh, MSRP on Tecmo uh, bad news is forty four ninety nine. So pretty on par. Bases loaded, just a couple bucks more yeah, because that's the benchmark. <laughs> and then the next one after that is Broderbun giving us Dusty Diamond's All Star Softball, and that is not a misrepresentation. This is a softball game, not baseball, and all the play rules are reflected as such in the gameplay. And this is the one I was actually talking about that is kind of doesn't take itself seriously. And it's softball, so, you know, just inherently you almost have to probably, you know. But in this case, it lands a little short. Um, ah, okay. And, and, and not as, um, you know, they, they kind of neglect. I feel like the gameplay was neglected in that simplification and oh, whatever, you know. So, yeah, so you can, select the, you can select fast or slow pitch softball, which I'm not really a big softball player, but completely different ways of throwing the ball if my my understanding is correct and the graphics are this the way they term it is right out of saturday morning cartoons in their style so you know they're kind of cartoony characters and the ball fields themselves and this is kind of cool i like this but again like graphically it doesn't translate very well uh theoretically it's a cool idea but they didn't do a good job of applying it visually but you can have all sorts of like kind of like low budget drawbacks that you might find on a shitty neighborhood ball field like puddles and sand and there's a fence you can jump the fence to get you know it's like there's a lot of like neighborhoody type applications to the the baseball field environment and that's kind of fun and yeah i fired up it's pretty fucking bad dude the softball mechanics like they make for a slightly unique play experience and there is this mild effort towards quirky but i just don't see how any sane child chooses this over yeah, any other the, options. And, yeah, the <laughs> other ones. I just don't see how you get there. You know, I think this is a, the only people who probably have an affinity for this are kids that got stuck with it outside of their control and just have some sort of nostalgia gotcha. thing going on. And in turn, the MSRP is an appropriately low thirty nine ninety five. So almost Atari tier. Almost. almost. Pricey. Pricey. <laughs> Not quite, but almost. And then lastly, we have SNK's contribution to this realm, Little League Baseball Championship Series. And this is a globally-minded game with teams from the U.S., Asia, and Europe. And this is a game I know to be regarded very well. Um, mm. Like, I, I fired it up, and I and I don't know. I just, I, I just, it's a good game. There's a lot going on there that, that's admirable, I guess. But it just, it just doesn't feel as good to me as uh, bases loaded or RBI or even bad news. Um, the fielding controls and the animation players are pretty good. Uh, definitely better than bases loaded, but I think the hitting and pitching 
modes are way lesser than than the other games. So mm-hmm. that's obviously a big part of baseball. So Got it. MSRP on that one's forty four ninety five too. So again, the bases loaded ends up being the most expensive of them by a couple bucks. Most of them are about forty five. You know, which I again I just. I feel like all NES games were sixty bucks, man. I just like my memory is it's fifty nine ninety nine, fifty nine ninety nine, fifty nine ninety nine. I see these MSRPs every time. I'm like, man, that is not the economy I was living in. I don't know what the fuck. And it's not like fucking Lorraine County, Ohio, is like some sort of fucking, you know. Maybe you're just uh, still thinking like a little later in your memory. Once it, like, I guess, the yeah, prices maybe, <laughs> yeah, maybe there's one specific game, some sort of A list title that I just like. I, you know, maybe I, I, I had to choose, like, make some sort of economic decision, and like that number is just seared into you my. You had memory to save that time. amount of money. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know what's up with it, but like, yeah, I can picture it on the fucking Toys R Us paper slip in the fucking thing. Like, I, just, yeah, yeah. It's such like a strong memory that every time I see an MSRP, I'm like, that's not how much they cost. <laughs> Whatever. So that's the baseball fucking review preview feature, whatever. Um, I would still probably give it to bases loaded. I would agree. Benchmark. Um, yeah. Though a couple of the others had things going on with them that were worth playing for sure. A litany of NES ads. We NES ads we've seen are placed in there as well. We have Destination Earth Star from Fucking Acclaim, and we have Tecmo with their Wrestling and Ninja Gaiden Two ads, for, and then some redundancy with Bad News as well. And then Jalico has one of their massive two bangers for bases loaded in there, and then ImageSoft is still pimping Dodgeball in addition to Sol- uh, Solstice. Yeah. And Solstice is out now, so let's chat. Uh, you fired it up? I presume you played? You played You played before. Oh, right? yeah. I've, I played it for a while before, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know, I'm so a you able to, you were able you, you were able to stick with it? I fucking... Not 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 so much. Yeah, I mean the title screen artwork and the theme song are absolute fucking fire. Opens with some pretty nice cutscenes detailing the obligatory theft of your preferred female, Princess Eleanor, and you control your little whizzy sprite in the game itself in kind of an isometric, or rather on an isometric tiled dungeon layout. And the hardest part for me, which is I guess I get like a little bit of just a startup cost, and you eventually I'm sure you become accustomed to it, but the controls are offset by 45 degrees. So when you hit up on the D-pad, he walks diagonal. Yeah, you to gotta up, get used to, to, to the it. upper right, yeah. and that's fucking weird, you know. Like that's like Marble Madness. That's one of the cool things about Marble Madness is it gives you the choice of how you want to do that. So you, when Marble Madness starts up, you can either choose ninety or forty-five degrees, and what that is about is because Marble Madness is on the same kind of isometric deal, whether or not up is up or up is diagonal up gotcha. to the right, you know. So like. I wish they would have given me that option here. I think it would have been a little more consumable at front. But you know, like I understood that's a startup cost, and I, I wasn't. I'm not whatever holding that against it necessarily. But you control your little whizzy, and like anything and everything that hits you is a one hit death. So like that control thing is an incredibly hard startup cost. You know, because fucking I don't know. You should have life, or there's I, I found no there was no way to defend yourself really, and there's lots of like. These things are there's shit everywhere that's puttering around these fucking rooms. So like, there's no like, I don't know, man. It's just it was a lot going on, and there's tons of elevations and shit. You have to push 
things up to to reach doorways and stuff. And I, I love that in theory. Like, that's the kind of thing I would fucking love. Real-time action aspects of it, though, just were not good, in my opinion. Like, I did not, I couldn't, I could not really invest it, myself in it. I was too frustrated. Interesting. It took me a while to get into it, but, like, I, it still felt like I enjoyed it enough where if I had the instruction manual and I actually sat there and invested the time to say, okay, this is how this actually works. This is how you defend yourself. You know, this is what you're right. supposed to do. Or this, That's you know, very true. I still haven't done that, but I think it was fun enough in a, like, what is going on here? This is a unique type of yeah. 3D world, you know, with, with enough enough intrigue for me to want to, to play more, you know? I, I don't know how long of a game it is. Like, I don't know how, you know, how much no. we're really in for if we were to play it. But It is, yeah, it is. It's certainly, uh, there's nothing... Nothing like it to date on the system, right. you know. So for sure, it's, it's unique, no question. Yeah, maybe. You know, I'm not. I, I was not like, no, fuck this. I'm no, no way I'm playing. But like, I, yeah, the, I, I was too frustrated by the action stuff to, to really let myself get truly invested in it. So I would have to be forced into it in a game up, I think, to get to get any traction. Fair, fair. So after all that calamity, our next NES Pro View is on Jalico's Port of Lucas Art Joint Maniac Mansion, and this does not hit till September. But I love that it's coming. It's a great game and a significant one in my childhood that I look forward to discussing further. We have a two-banger on Vic Tokai bullshit Gogo sequel, The Mafat Conspiracy, next after that. And you can fuck this game. Even the MSRP is bullshit. It's $42.98. $42.98 is the MSRP. Like, fuck you. $45.99. Yeah. <laughs> fucking oblong-ass fucking price choice. Trying to just confuse me. <laughs> and a fucking buy to go fuck yourself. That game sucks. Tengen's Miss Pac-Man is the final NES Pro View, and it appropriately gets only one page, seen as we all know what the fuck Miss Pac-Man is. <laughs> and it's, did you try it? It's a pretty shitty port. No, and I, I did not, but I'm also surprised at why we're talking about Miss pa- Pac-Man right now. Like, <laughs> like, we're in 1990, right? Like, this is, maybe I need to look it up, but... It's Tengen, man. It's Tengen. They just rip an arcade. It's Atari. It's Atari trying no, to do I those mean, cash but grabs. that's what I mean. Like, I still had an Atari at this point. And I had Miss Pac-Man, but they also came out with, it had to be out right now, unless it like just came out right after this or something, Junior Pac-Man. And it was a far better, more interesting game. Like I could see having something on that because there's a lot more to that than Miss Pac-Man. Miss, Miss Pac-Man, we've all played it. There's nothing new and different about that. No. Like Junior Pac-Man had different stages, different levels. Like there was more going on, at least. Like this nah. is confusing to me. It's just I love respect. It's a, it's for a Pac-Man, shit cash but... grab. It's a shit cash grab by Atari trying to just yeah. you know, throw, throw some shit on the NES with the the tension line. Yeah. yeah, I mean this. So this version of it. So the the screen scrolls. You can't see the whole playfield at all times, which is terrible. I think for Pac-Man and. They even, so like, you know, it scrolls, it's essentially two screens, kind of. It doesn't, you know, it like scrolls at least. It's not like a cut, which would be fucking even worse. But the, so it scrolls up and then they try to put the HUD, the score, the remaining lives, etc., in the play field in place of what would be like the walls and barriers and shit that you have to go around it. Oh, God, it's just terrible. It's fucking just horrible, horrible, horrible uh, application of that video game. And I was, yeah, could not have been less impressed. 
I mean, um, I get for, it. Miss Pac-Man was huge, you know. Like, wait, like when it, yeah, Pac-Man and Miss Pac-Man was a more fun, more popular game. Like, I get. I don't know about. Miss no, Pac-Man, I totally get putting on the system because yeah, it's fucking Pac-Man, and like yeah. you'll sell carts, and I mean there are people that probably wanted that, like you know, oh, yeah. grandmas and shit, like you know, old, older gamers that wanted that on the fucking uh, on the NES. Uh, but it was a really bad Not job of yeah, porting it. MSRP is thirty nine ninety five. Seeing as they don't got to pay no bullshit NES licensing fees because they're just. Doing shit illegally, <laughs> which, is, which is good for them, but uh, it's still probably overpriced. We have a Fist of the North Star Game Boy ad that brings us into Jay's Atari Corner. Tell them what they won, Jay. <laughs> <laughs> Our readers today have won a date with an alien brigade from the Atari 2600. <laughs> MSRP 34.95. A bit much, in my opinion. <laughs> This is a but game that you is can skip. That is, that, is a stock, <laughs> that is a stock price. I really like actually the story set up paragraph. Do you want to read it, Jay? Since it's, it's your Atari corner, you want to read this first paragraph? Oh my gosh. <laughs> you always knew that your buddies at the barracks were a little weird, aren't we all? <laughs> Nevertheless, when they started pulling stunts such as lobbying grenades under your bed, seeping <laughs> green ooze, and having episodes of spontaneous regeneration, suddenly weird was no longer funny. In fact. <laughs> You knew it was time to start sniffing out some answers. Unfortunately, what you discovered was mighty grim. It seems your buddies aren't so weird after all. Instead, they've been brainwashed and taken over, along with the rest of the planet, by aliens from another dimension. <laughs> jinkies! Yeah. Yes, that is a yeah. jinkies we got there. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, I think it's pretty, more, I don't know, just more effort than I expect to get for an Atari game. I thought it was pretty good. Yeah, you like it. Uh, but, yeah, I'm assuming, did you ever play this one? I heard of this game. I think I tried it once, and I was like, what, this game sucks. Like, this is, <laughs> yeah, I wasn't, I... That's funny. It, it caused one of those reactions where I was like, yeah, no, I remember that game. Like, I'm not playing that again. So it's like, <laughs> fired up. It's like, no. No, no, no. That's great. Yeah. Uh, following that, we have the Safel ad for Capitalist Kids, Casino on Wall Street. And that takes us into, finally, for the first time in the magazine, something from the Sega camp, a two-banger pro view on Seismic's Super Highlight. And this game is fucking terrible. It's not as terrible as the regular old Highlight on NES, but it's fucking terrible. And they have no MSRP for this or the other Genesis ProView recipient. And I don't know, is this just like Sega doing a bad job again? Is GamePro lazy? Like, what's the deal here with it? Like, they never have the MSRPs for the Sega games. Maybe they're still just working it out and they're not sure. <laughs> like, they're trying to game them. They're trying to figure out the market. You know what I mean? I like, I mean these like... games, this game, these <laughs> games are out, though, dude. These fucking games are both out now. So, like, especially Highlights. Super Highlights have been out for a while now. That is true. Uh, we at least we can read that. the copy right now. Uh, at least we know what it says right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, so fucking, yeah, I don't know, it's just, I, I don't know, Sega, it's probably Sega's fault. You know? Well, it's definitely Sega's fault, actually. There's no, like, that's the kind of thing, like, when you send a press release for something, it's supposed to have all the dumb shit in it, so the person you're sending it to has everything they could need and can't fuck it up. You like, know? And, were, were they doing some kind of weird regional pricing where it was like, they prices by Maybe. region of the country where it was like, well, it could be 39. And they just don't want it listed? It could be 36. But, right, but the, in, in that case, they should have had some verbiage for them to use right. that was more like prices uh, may vary or something. Ex- exactly. Yeah. Something that was, that was better than just well, not available. <laughs> we just don't know. Might yeah. be $99. You don't know. Right. Cause yeah, cause that's the whole thing. Like you know, uh, a parent reads that and they're like, 
can't can't I'm not going to the store and you know I, I can I can make a choice here an educated choice here I'm going to choose that I'm not going to go there and get myself into some shit with my kid with me where I'm right. buying something I don't know like this was <laughs> fifty bucks like you yeah. thought about it and I was like nah 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 if this is going to be thirty four the trend was like thirty four to forty four this <laughs> yeah, is fifty two yeah. what this right. is out of the range yeah fuck off yeah so man bad job. <laughs> The other pro view is for Sega's homebrewed Ghostbusters, which we talked a bunch about in the last mag ep on Sega, or rather, yep, the last mag ep on Sega Visions number one. Let's try and fucking spit out there. And a bunch of TurboGrafx nonsense that doesn't look all that great, and a two-page spread for, for other from Capcom on Codename Viper and ISOH Game Ep alum Bionic Commando carries us to another one of Sega's epic Genesis three-banger ads, and the white on black text. First page reads, what do Pat Riley, Tommy Lasorda, and Arnold Palmer all have in common? And my thought is, um, rich white guys I couldn't care less about now or in 1990? <laughs> that's, that's, what I, that's, that's what they have in common to me. But maybe not. Maybe Riley had a little street cred at the time coaching the Showtime Lakers. Sure. But, I, I mean, as 1990, I could definitely give the slightest shit about Tommy Lasorda. Or Arnie or Arnold Palmer, and I'll footnote that latter criticism by saying I get that a golf enthusiast, which I have never been, probably would be into an Arnie golf game. I get that. In fact, that's later. Later, we'll talk in, in the Joe Montana shit for uh, in the Pro News report. Oh, yeah, yeah. He he talks about a fucking love. That's that's the game he loves to play, which is just so fucking right on par <laughs> for what I'm saying. But um, yeah, those did not mean anything to me at the time, and it's funny to me that entire ad campaign is built around it. Uh, the way they word what they have in common here in the ad is they all play ball with Genesis. And the spread content pages that follow kind of get more into this. They're, they're featuring those three games and their initial soccer offering, World Championship, uh, is what the whole ad is based around. And we discussed all these games ad nauseum already, so I don't think we need to talk about them any further here. A couple miscellaneous previews wrap them out. Uh, the previews here, Ultima 4 on SMS and Spider-Man on Game Boy. And... Does the word Ultima make you shudder, Jay? Dude, I just want to skim past it quickly. Like, <laughs> it's funny because I'm like, why are you promoting this game franchise still? This is garbage. Stop promoting it in all forms. It's more. And then I we look got... at it and I'm like, it looks just as bad as I <laughs> Well, this is SMS too. You got I think you gotta skipping past. Yeah. Um, no, this was <laughs> four four was the one it's got the morality thing going on, and like there was interesting shit thematically in it. And it's actually revered as the best. Of them, I think, at least of the early ones, uh, is what people say. But the SMS version of Josh it is being the best pile. <laughs> right, yeah, I understand relativity. <laughs> Do sure, I need yeah, to continue yeah. that? <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Uh, but yeah, I saw that. Like anytime I, see, anytime I see the world ultimate anywhere, it's not even in these magazines. It's like, <sighs> anywhere in the world, I see ultimate. I think of you quitting. It's so funny. <laughs> it's so funny. I laugh. I laugh out loud just damn near every time. <laughs> I can give you some joy from time to time. <laughs> And add for that weird Genesis warehouse puzzle game from DreamWorks, Shove It is next. And Shove It, the warehouse game. It's like dot, it's ellipses. Dot, 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 the warehouse game. Might be the worst video game ad tagline ever, I think. That's a really bad way to tease something. The warehouse game is <laughs> really fucking bad, I think. I love this fucking ad, though. Otherwise, it's, well, not even otherwise. I love that, too. I love, I love. <laughs> failures is fine. I find funny. So, <laughs> so I like that part of it too. But the ad, the 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 visuals are really great. It's depicting the hero, a warehouse heavy, dreaming of being behind the wheel of a red sports car and being fawned over by an even hotter woman. And there's big bags of money at her feet. So like he's just dreaming about all these things he does not have. 
And then the end of the copy really drives this idea home. He says, sweat out every brain-bleeding puzzle and grab hold of your dreams. Big bucks, find babes. And the keys to a hot set of wheels, which is just, again, different time and place. You know, you're just not like that's what more. That's did, what more could you ask for in life? Right, exactly. Well, you know, that and yeah, again, again, just like you know, not gonna be in a copy or in some video game fucking ad copy in 2021. It's not gonna happen <laughs> under any circumstance. I don't care what the game is, not happening. <laughs> and they also have some shove it, you'll love it. Some more catchphrase wizardry at the bottom there. So a lot of fun shit in that ad. We talked about that game already. It's actually kind of a fun puzzler, but you know. Like it's the kind of thing that would like make a great phone game, but yeah. a, Genes- a Genesis card's a little rough, I think. Definitely a casual, sweet type of game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then we have a couple pages of those Culture Brain ads. They the where they try to disguise them as magazine editorials, you know. Uh, and that's on Baseball Simulator One Thousand and the Magic of the Magic of Shahrazade. And after these messages. We'll be right back. Introducing Bases Loaded 2 second season. This is the major league action you've been waiting for. So authentic, you have to manage your teams based on your player's condition. So real, it puts you right in the game. <laughs> oh, you're out. He was out. Bases Loaded 2 second season for the <laughs> Nintendo Entertainment System. And now, take the excitement on the road with Bases Loaded for the Nintendo Game Boy from Jalico. Live action that never ends. A Bases Loaded 2 commercial for both NES and Game Boy going there. And it's a guy sitting on his couch in a Cubs hat with his girlfriend playing the game. And how old are these people, Jay? Like, the guy looks like he's in his mid-20s and she looks like maybe she's 14. Um, <laughs> like, it's like weird to me. It was weird. I don't even see that ad. For, I don't have that ad right here. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, it's basically a two ad. You'll be fine without it in your life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm so after that, we get into the mag here. We have eight pages of SWAT hot tips that get us going in Act Three. And I dig the Godzilla password to take you straight to the final ba- boss. It's destroy all monsters, is the code you enter. That's fun. Word. <laughs> and how about this fucking password for Wall Street Kid on page 92? It's like, it's like the stuff that. 8-bit NES passwords are like nightmares are made of. It's fucking zeros galore in there. There's percentage symbols, question marks, a million different characters. And it's basically all the worst things you can do to an NES password. <laughs> which is, How is that even... That's 100% going to get screwed up multiple times. <laughs> right, yeah, like kid writing down? Yeah, no chance in hell. No chance in hell. You get that. Not to if, mention... If your friend writes, writes that down for you, it's done. Like, if you don't yeah. get this from a printed source, you're never going to get it right. And this fucking game, you're not getting to that part of the game anyway. It's just, you know, <laughs> that, ga- that game's fucking impossible, so... Uh, all the more reason, but it's, I guess, even more fucked up that you get, you, God forbid, you get to that point, and then you get the password, and it fucks up. <laughs> like, oh, you, like right. you go to put, play the game again, and fucking like, oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, much rough. Kung Fu Heroes stuff going on here. There is, yeah, a ton of that fucking... I was um, very impressed. Like, sometimes, yeah. like we kind of forget about a game. Don't talk about it for a while. And then like all of a sudden there's like a boatload of tips to flood. And it's like, Oh wow. I didn't yeah, know where the there hell were that come from right? for that game. Yeah. That, that's, that's again, one of the, 
like whenever we get we you know we do these do the the game up debates i'm like i'm like you know like i know like certain games that's the thing like certain games like you know you're gonna you're gonna see again in those sections the the classified information hot swat hot tips here um fucking counselor's corner etc so like you know those things are gonna pop up but yeah sometimes that's, that's what's really cool about the way we're doing this is like even a random game like that can just come out of nowhere and become a conversation piece again you know yeah. so that's that's really fun they have the invincibility code for ghouls and ghosts on Genesis, and this is also pretty fucking nuts. Did you read this one, this code? No. <laughs> okay, so it's like it's wildly elaborate. So you have to turn the system on, then you press the reset button on the console four times, right? And I don't know if that's like hit it once, let it start up again, hit it again, or it was just like yeah. So probably some trial and error to get this right, uh, even this part of it, the very first step. But do that, and then when the title screen appears after that, you hit A four times, and then you hit up, down, left, right. And then you'll hear a tone that plays that otherwise normally does not. And then you hit start to go to player selection screen and hold down B, then hit start to begin the game. And that, children, is how you bury a goddamn invincibility feature in a video game. And all the reason more that Louis Espinoza is a fucking idiot. Because, <laughs> like, how the fuck? No one's finding that without no, GamePro, yeah. you know? So like, You're not hitting reset four times, first of all. <laughs> Your ADS is broken. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah, so that was pretty fucking elaborate. Dude, they have uh, a Truxton code here. Like, if that Gever game comes up to a, an actual app, I'm using this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll tell you, yeah, that one. Yeah, that, that that's a perfect example of one too that just won't go away. Like that game. I mean, <laughs> you know, Genesis game. only has their their library is only so big still. So like, you know, for talking Genesis, there's like probably like you know, without being hyperbolic and and exaggerating, like a four percent chance at all times of being Truxton. <laughs> you know, so like you don't have any choices, but it's on the math of it. But uh, it is funny how frequently. We keep seeing it and how it's almost like a running joke <laughs> of like, when are you going to get me to play trucks? <laughs> so SWAT is broken up here with a, oh, are there any other codes that you dug? No, outside of trucks. Uh, word. So yeah, this is broken up with a four page turbo graphics ad for a bunch of games in the system. And it's likely NEC's answer to the Sega Titanic three bangers that they do, you know, it's probably where they got the idea for this. Cause we haven't seen this before, but Sega has been around for a while with those big ads. And Nintendo doesn't even feel the need to respond because they're fucking Nintendo. So <laughs> <laughs> so we also have some NES ads for Little League Baseball, Rock and Ball, and Zezzy. Zezzy with some fucking X and Z combination Zezzy's. fucking game, you know, whatever. <laughs> Every time Bef- we talk about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah but before we hit Ask the Pros. And as the sole black bass enthusiast on this podcast, I would like to take a moment to appreciate the name entry screen cheat here that displays advanced metrics when reeling in a fish that tip you off if you're nearing the line snapping on you. So, like, that's very cool type of cheat for that, that kind of game, you know, because it is, like, that's, like, the person's asking, like, how the fuck am I supposed to know? And, like, there is no way to fucking know. There's no, you know, there's no haptic feedback on your fucking NES controller, so. Which begs the question, did they intend that to be included in the game, and then they were planning, like, yeah, that makes it too easy. Take it out, take it out, you know? Maybe, I mean? maybe, yeah. That would be a curious, um, that's, you know, that's something we should... That's just so much more work. We already have so much work with this fucking podcast. <laughs> Something I would love to do is just like have short. It's like literally like a cup of coffee, five question interview segments with people involved with games like this, like obscure games like that, and just ask them those kind of questions. Like, what was the mindset at the time? You know, for these things that like have whatever entrenched significance and are right. 
recalled childhood minds, you know. Uh, it would probably be funny to hear. So often the answer would probably be like, I don't fucking like Right? Like this is even, an accident. Or, yeah, we didn't I mean? even think about that. <laughs> <laughs> Which, uh, if nothing else, that would, that would uh, help us understand the randomness of the universe in kind of a, a positive way. Like accepting that <laughs> so much is out of your control. Just fucking accept it. That's a very healthy outlook on the universe around you. <laughs> Stop stressing about things and just, just let it, let it fucking happen. Um, poor Gary Damien in Erie PA is writing in because fuck stage eight, two in revenge of Shinobi, the labyrinth level. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Gary. Yeah. Yeah, they devote over a page walking you through it, and maybe if I'd have fucking had this, I'd have recently, I'd have finished the game when we played it, because this is a pretty good walkthrough, and pretty fucking, it's like, you know, like I said, I had that video, but like, like part of the thing was, I didn't want to have to like, cut back and forth between watching the video and getting and through there. that was a there. painful ass part of it, too. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, super painful. Yeah. Yeah, and because, uh, as... Evidenced by a whole page being dedicated to this, it was not an easy. Like we were trying, I was trying to interpret from that video, like how complicated it was, and I was like, wasn't sure, and uh, it's fucking complicated. So yeah, glad I. That's a perfect example. I'm glad I, I didn't. I allowed myself to just breeze through that part of my life without uh, taking <laughs> taking on unnecessary and unneeded uh, stress. So that was a good choice. I'm glad I did it. This SMS port of PC point-and-click adventure King's Quest was something I hadn't played yet. On, uh, and uh, it's an SMS port of it here. And I fucking love the PC versions. Did you ever play those as a kid? No. King's Quest? All. Yeah, you got to have, a, obviously, a computer to really be into them, I think. I had the whole box set of... It was a box set of King's Quest 1 through 6. It's on, a, I think it was a couple... It was like a 2-CD ROM, maybe even a 3-CD ROM. Hmm. Um fucking deal here and they magically ran on that shitty two megabyte ram ibm ps2 computer i had uh right fringe level you know i'm sure it was a, a bumpy road but they, they they actually would start up and run and i feel like i feel like it might have required a boot disc though like if i recall correctly and fucking and that's what of all the things like video game related like that like tweaking that auto exec bat and can fix this files and like does that even mean anything to you jay probably not Vaguely, like okay. I, I've I've heard people talk about it, but yeah, yeah, they're like the startup files that old school PCs refer to, MS DOS refer to for just like hardware settings and shit. I just hated even dealing with that stuff. Like hearing you say that, oh, I fucking love it, my dude. brother, like I would be on his computer. Earliest I can remember was like being twelve ish and being on his computer and like having to deal with DOS and all that. Just like oh, every time oh, I hear I that, I fucking no. love it, dude. I love it so much. <laughs> I remember it. I got oh. when I when I got Master Master of Orion for some gift or something, Christmas or something. And I remember sitting on my fucking, uh, I think that was our grandparents' house, maybe might have been my aunt and uncle's old house. Uh, so my dad's sister, half sister uh ted's full sister um and like they were around not super close but her husband dave is an engineer at ge uh, super like super smart dude great with computers and when i got that they might have been actually the ones that got me that game and mm. it you know did not run initially on my on that computer that my uncle gave me and i remember sitting in the basement of i think their house like working on like he and i working on that i mean i was just sitting there I wasn't doing anything. He was working. I was watching him work on that fucking on the on those fucking files and trying to tweak the EMS and shit and just get the right balance where that fucking game would start up and play. And I remember it fucking happening. Like it was like, oh my, oh 
felt like the fucking <laughs> angels were singing and shit. It was I was so fucking happy. You know, I wanted to play that game so damn bad. Ah, so yeah, I, I, that those are fantastic memories, man. I, and I fucking just loved fucking tweaking those like an absolute programming pimp whenever I needed to to get nice. something to work, man. There's actually I think I've talked about it before, but the and it's defunct now, which is so sad. But the Upper Memory Block podcast, if you are a person who likes podcasts and wants one on old PC games. That's a fantastic one. And that dude, it's one of, I think maybe it might be my favorite thing from any podcast ever. When he would talk about a game, he would talk, he like one of the segments was going, was talking about his personal necessary tweaks to his auto exec bat and config sys files oh. for that specific game. I was like, oh my God, dude, that is such a good nostalgia PC game. <laughs> that is such a good idea to put that into your podcast about these fucking old, old DOS games. So fucking good. Um, but yeah, that's what I think of when I fucking think of fucking King's Quest. Anyways, it, like it, so firing this up, it actually looks far fucking better than the original DOS version, which was like a 1983 game or something. So, you know, of course, it was like super fucking pixelated and shit, uh, the original version. So that's not saying a ton, but it does look a lot better. But so these are like these old, the, the first two, the first three, I think actually four might have been the first one that got to an actual, could use a mouse and point and click for actions and stuff. But the first three had text parsers. So you would type what you wanted to do, dude. Like you could walk around with the arrow keys and you walk up to something and you would have to type like, Open box, take fucking thing, pull branch on tree, stab troll. Like, you would have to say these things. You have to figure out the words. And, like, you could type anything in that box. And, like, if it didn't, if you typed a word that the fucking old school ass text parser couldn't figure out, it would just say, I don't know what that means. <laughs> you know, so, like, you know, a lot of things are super straightforward. Do this, do that. But, like, some things in a fucking fantasy game are going to be like, a little bit creative or whatever. So you would sometimes run into just literally not being able to know how to word what you wanted to do and that being your impediment to getting further in the game, you know? And also, like, they're, they're notorious for... King's Quest games are notorious for being, like, overly difficult in, like, the way you... Like, the, 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 the elaborate and frequency with which you die is, like, a known, almost... Not even almost full on joke for these games. You know, Sierra Online is known for Space Quest was another series. Leisure Suit Larry, like they're known for for making their games too difficult in that way. You know, so um, <laughs> that compounds the fact that like sometimes the difficulty was just literally the interface not being able to process what you were trying to do. But so, anyways, you don't have a text parser here because you don't have a fucking keyboard for Master System. You know, so like trying to figure out how to play it, where like. I couldn't even, like, I, you need to read the instruction manual. I couldn't even fucking figure out how to fucking, like, actually no engage thanks. the game. Yeah. No <laughs> yeah, I, I, I am absolutely, like, we talked about with Shadowgate. Like, I'm absolutely certain the fucking startup difficulty would, you'd never be able to get past it. But they are fantastic fucking games, Jay. Like, really I, fucking fantastic. I bet. I bet. Yep. There's a reason we're talking about them. Yep. <laughs> and it's funny, too. I, it's like, oh, it's just such happenstance. They sprinkle in that cool ass Kim Kosega Shadowgate ad here. Right, with this. Yeah. yeah. So it's funny. It's funny to me the clearly that was I can't possibly be by design, but it's it's funny that they I I found a small amount of humor in uh, that shared <laughs> difficulty thing going on there. Yeah, any of those fucking do anything for you? The no, sir. Yeah, they asked the pro stuff. Um, they there's a couple of those little Mikey Sunsoft ads in here too. Uh, Fester's Quest and Batman in this case, and then uh, 
those accompany three pages of short pro shots. And we start with the NES here because Nintendo rules supreme and all the universe. And a claims port of Reagan administration propaganda arcade title, <laughs> NARC, <laughs> is first up. And I couldn't find an exact date, just 1990, so we'll call it out. And, Ollie, this is branded by Williams, that pinball company. Yeah, because it was a, it was an arcade game. Wait, starting right, off. but I yeah. but I didn't know that Williams did arcade games. I mean, it certainly makes total sense, but, like, I don't know. Like, I, don't, I feel like they probably didn't do a ton of them, you know? Yeah. So I, I, don't, I thought that a little weird. But, yeah, Claim's doing the port here for the NES. And... This is uh, this is about Mr. Big and his fiendish crack, K-R-A-K, criminal empire. And that's just like a, ugh. <laughs> so yeah, they, the way they describe this is, you battle your way through eight levels of treachery, seizing illegal drugs and the ruthless scum that sell them along the way. Subway stations, pawn shops, and barbed wire fences make up the seedy terrain where the Mr. Big's drug-dealing lackeys love to hang out. Get past these losers and you'll get to meet face-to-face with the ultimate sleazeball himself, Mr. Big. Help Fight the war on drugs. And that's just all so Dude, icky. So, so icky. much propaganda. Yes, it's just <laughs> so icky. It's so icky. Yeah, so icky. Ah. Ah. And to top it off, this fucking game is an abomination. This 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 part of the game is an abomination. Yeah. It's absolutely terrible. No chance. Oh. It, yeah. They, they had the arcade game at that campus video briefly that Jab and I talk about going to get our rentals from an OB. Uh, so I remember fucking with the arcade game a little bit, and like there weren't many arcade games there, so I think I might vaguely remember kind of fondly playing it a little bit there just because it was such a novelty to have any arcade games in town. But particularly, you know, while we're at the rental store anyways, which was like a big deal of an event, you know. Um, but yeah, the, the port here is absolutely just like, terrible. The, the arcade game had some fun aspects for sure that I remember. You know, I remember being able to shoot stuff. Like clearly, I don't know, I, I don't remember like, I guess really understanding the heavy drug themes <laughs> of it, you know what I mean? Like, and all that was, it was just like, all right, we're going to go get the bad guys. You know? Well, that's all. Yeah. That's what makes yeah. it all the more icky is like, yeah, you're, you know, you're, it's like a fucked up marketing campaign, you know, it's like, you're fucking exploiting yeah. young minds with your bullshit that aren't able to make an educated decision about what you're exposing them to, you know, and that's a fucked up, fucked up thing to do. Yeah. Um, not unlike Dare. The <laughs> uh, so uh, we the some other of the games here. We have Pictionary, who gives a fuck. We have Image Fight and Dirty Harry that are not out yet. Dirty Harry is a funny IP though, and I look forward to talking about that title and and uh, in general more. That's pretty fun. But we have SquareSoft sequel to early NES racing stalwart Rad Racer here, and this is out now. So let's party with this a little bit. I was surprised how much I enjoyed the first one. I hadn't really played it. Uh, this was a game racing games didn't do much for me as a kid so it wasn't something I sought out and really played at all but I was when we found it way back when I was I was actually enjoyed it quite a bit the copy suggests it's kind of just more of the same but with newer and more radical fucking things going on with it so I fired it up with some level of optimism it's kind of like I don't know what do you think of this I mean nothing really special just kind of like yeah. It's it was. It was. It was the ex- like. I had to. I was so suspect. I was playing the exact same game that I turned the first one on to compare it. Like I felt like bad. I was playing. The, yeah, I felt I was playing the exact same game. And I mean, honestly, and I side by side, the graphics are better for the second one, but the gameplay is just fucking absolutely identical. There's yeah, nothing. I was never into the first one, so when people yeah. talk Rad Racer, like I remember, you know, when I, I, it feels like, if I remember correctly, the. 
first one came out closer to when the NES was released. So, oh like, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a black so, box title. Yeah, it's so like in, it's like Red silver, Racer. Black yeah, box and I'm just like whatever. It's not a good game to me. So I, yeah. even this game, I was like, I'm I really don't expect much to even try this again. You know, it uh yeah, it has new race locations, I guess, but that doesn't mean it's on the NES as far as you know, like the like the. Yeah, it does that force like not force, but it does the like kind of POV perspective where like the things in the distance get bigger as they come. You know, and that's kind of Which a cool. Is good. Yeah. yeah, it's it's executed pretty well here, as, as probably as well as you can on the system. And there is like this really big focus on music too. Like you like pick your music tracks and stuff. You know, and we'll get to that here in a moment. But like it, it does have good music uh, in both cases on both instances of the game. So you know, if you like racing sure. games on an NES, you know, Spectrum, it's probably one of the better ones. Um, but I was surprised at there not being a little more something to make it bigger and better, you know, in the second installment. The only Genesis jam in here is Michael Jackson's Moonwalker, and then we have Turbo Graphics and Game Boy Fodder. Um, Moonwalker again, though. Maybe we'll talk about that later. <laughs> a new ad from IRM for this image fight game that's getting pimped out quite a bit in this issue uh, comes next, and the... The copy here is your mission may be man's last. Only you can save the planet. And that's pretty much the lowest ever tagline you can give a space shmup, I think. <laughs> but Irim does do space shmups quite well, usually. So I'm sure the game is just fucking fine. And the next POI is a full pager for the Electronic Games Expo, which is popping off at the Oakland Convention Center in Oakland for three days in late November, early December. And GamePro is sponsoring this event. Mm. I can't find a single fucking thing about this on the interwebs, Jay. I looked all over the place. I badly, like, I love seeing, like, pictures from shit like this and stuff. So I, I, I hunted pretty hard for this, uh, but I could not find anything. I thought maybe, like, it was, it, it, maybe it was a predecessor to something, like E3 Changed or some Changed the shit. name, yeah. Right, exactly. But no, like, the, the first E3 was in 95. Oh, this is in 1990. Yeah. So, yeah, we have a five-year gap. So, it's, like, it's not even, you know. I mean, I guess it's possible that, you know, I didn't, I didn't go as far as to look at the founders and I couldn't find anything in this anyways to compare it to even if I did. But there was definitely nothing in the E3 shit I found. And I even read some kind to of like... To to this at all. Yeah, that, that it was some sort of defunct predecessor that, you know, they, they flipped into E3. So yeah, I couldn't find anything linking it to anything. And there's just no sign of it. So I, I question whether it even happened, you know, um, because... I wonder. I wonder if it did happen and it's just nobody kept record. So you'll just so, never see it. So or, obscure, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, if you know anything, the Lurk Disciples, if you know anything about this, um, and we do have some pretty hardcore gaming historians fucking uh, on the Facebook page and shit. Maybe someone does have some sort of traces of, of, of this. I would love to see. Like I said, I would love to see fucking, you know. It's right. probably so... Like, the thing, especially like trade shows and shit, too. You know, it's like... Trade show, even a nice trade show, is still, like, really hokey and depressing, you know? And, like, a one that is poorly ran and poorly received and poorly attended is even going to be more funny. So, I, yeah, I would love three days in 1990 sponsored by GamePro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in Oakland, which is fucking... Uh, I don't know how you, if you've been to Oakland or how you feel about Oakland, but... Uh, Oakland. I would love to fun. know. I would love to go. Like, if you if teleport me back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fuck, yeah. <laughs> the novelty of fuck, yes. Oh, my God. Probably tons of dope swag, too. And anyone who was there probably would have been all, you know, like fucking all sorts of fucking free, cool free shit. <laughs> yeah. If you have anything, please do hit us up. We have full pagers for the new Adventures of Game Pro comics that we discussed earlier. And ISOH Game Up, uh, Game Up alum, Happy Barrel, 
uh, coming us coming at us next and carrying us to the Pro News Report. And the first blurb is that Joe Montana thing that I mentioned earlier. They're talking about his endorsement deal with Sega, which we kind of hammered home already quite quite thoroughly in a previous. Uh, it might have been Sega Visions 1 um, or another Game Pro, whatever. But he has a quote here that I like. I've always been a video nut. I probably spent my first two years signing bonuses at the arcades, which is a funny joke to make, you know? <laughs> which he also probably had funny signing bonuses. They're probably like 50 grand or something right, yeah. uh, back then. <laughs> but still, you know, that's a lot of dope in video games even to make a joke about. <laughs> and I also thought it funny. You really want to parse what he's saying here. Video and video games are not one and the same, but we will not hold that against Joe Cool here. So he's still a little bit of a, you know, kind of an old person talking about. It's almost like when they do those profiles, somebody profiles in, in Nintendo Power, like the Sarah Gilbert one, if you remember. Like the, the, the way they talk about the stuff, it sounds like this, like they're, they're spoon fed the lines, you know. Uh, I kind like of I have like no idea what your product really is. <laughs> it really is, but you're it, paying but... me, so I'm, yeah. yeah. Uh, tell me what to say. <laughs> yeah. And that's a little bit of the vibe when you say something like that here, but whatever. Um, then we have uh, great news coming in hot in blurb three. Old Richie Garriott is putting your fears to rest, Jay, as he and Origin Systems are announcing they're in process on porting Ultimus 5 and 6 to the NES in 91 and 92. So giving you something to look really? forward to on that front. <laughs> I, why I, are I, there I, more of these? That is <laughs> Not, I don't like why. Why after I, three were there the thought of let's make a four? I don't like, think well uh, four on NES again. We, we, we I've only looked at that SMS version, but supposedly the four is pretty good. But, <laughs> but why? But why was it made though? Yeah. Like that's like I'm thinking. I don't think these ever actually came out on NES. Like even like I feel like you know Genesis is already out. SNES is right around the corner. Like. And we're talking about long development timelines on these ports for sure, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I feel like they might have fucking been, like, gotten into this first one. And like, oh, wait, the NES is fucking out of here. Maybe we should not devote resources to this, you know. So, yeah, I feel – I'm pretty sure 4 was the last one NES. Maybe wrong, though. I'm sure we'll be told uh, <laughs> that I am if if, <laughs> if I am. So the rest is just miscellaneous game development and release announcements here. Nothing else really uh, piqued my interest. Um, anything else? It was all just games and shit, really. Yeah, no. I was looking to see, like, did I miss anything else there? Like, no. Yeah, not really. yeah they, talk, they talk about the Maniac Mansion TV show, which is kind of interesting, but we'll save that till the, we're actually talking about the game in depth, too. The Pro Challenge board is back next, but they still can't fucking do it right. There's no locations, so fuck this and them. And they're also just lumping the entire list for each system together with no formatting or anything to differentiate the game's and there's only one score for each game. So you can't glean any sense of relativity or accomplishment to them. You know, like that's part of the reason it works is because you understand like, okay, this person's second, that person's first. And you have like things to compare. Yeah, that's whack, man. Yeah, that's... super shitty. Super fucking shitty. Like, so yeah, there's like. We'll put the top score on there. Like that. that's cool for the top score, but. But how am I supposed to have any fucking understanding what that means? You know, like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they're like literally doing every possible. Like, there's only so many things that you could do wrong about this, and they're doing all of them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna give a scoreboard, you you gotta you gotta do something else with it. Like, this yeah. is just poor data collection. Like, <laughs> right, yeah, right, yeah. this is a job. Yeah. This is a job discussion right now. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Agreed. A new but meh Toys R Us ad and that dumbass video game club scam get us to next issue and a half-page ad for something we must discuss. Did you see this? 
What are we talking about, Josh? The Tell game us. service. See this ad? It's a half page ad next to the next issue. Tell us what the game service is all about, Josh. Yes, I did see this. It's ad. well, first of all, it's a wacky ass <laughs> logo choice. It's a dragon, I think, sitting on an island beneath a beach umbrella with a tiny portable TV sitting in the sand in front of him, and what appears to me to be an RC race car remote in his hand. There is no presence of a video game console or controller or anything that like lends itself to video games whatsoever. And that's notable because this is a video game subscription service. <laughs> so I'll just read the copy as opposed to trying to explain it in my own words. Anybody can sell you a video game, but only one company offers you what you really want and at a price that's hard to believe. This is the once-a-month game service that delivers to your door. Every month, you will receive a new game and return the one from the previous month. Each game comes in a self-addressed, reusable mailing box, so all you have to do is drop it in the mail. And $99.99 for an annual subscription uh, is the only option you can do. There's no monthly or any shit like that. And it's all NES games, so there's no mention of having any input on like what you're sent. You can't like pick like a genre you like or anything like that. It's just whatever the fuck you get. And they also hide a $24 one-time shipping, shipping and handling charge in the fine print at the bottom, too. So it's actually $125 for, it's for a year. Yeah. But from a... For, from a being ahead of the game standpoint, like, exactly right. Works though, right, right, exactly. So 99? yeah, it's an yeah, it's an incredibly rudimentary gamefly, you know, and like it, this is another thing where I could not find any glimmer of anything on the internet about it, you know, and it does not help that it's such a awful name, the right, game the service. service. <laughs> like that does not help make it any simpler. But yeah, like I I, I tried looking at the company name and shit. Yeah, I just could not find anything on it. So yeah, this is another situation where. Oh my God! If there's a Lorik disciple that happened to partake in this way back when, please tell me about your experience. I want to know. <laughs> I have so many questions. Like, yeah, it, it, just looking at the ad, like terrible ad, terrible <laughs> ad in every way. Like, right. You said you said a dragon. I, I don't know what you said. I thought this was a rhinoceros. I thought it was a rhino at first, like, but then I but then he, there's there's characteristics that are not rhino-y. Uh, I also initially wrote. I literally wrote it down rhino, and then I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> That's not a fucking rhino. <laughs> but, like, he's not doing anything gamey related that I would have yeah. expected. But, and yeah. even with that terrible ad and this being like two pages back of the cover fodder right now. Right. If this worked, the idea for this is pretty fucking fantastic. Like, for sure. And, dude, and you know, like, you know, I picture, and again, I couldn't find anything, so I, there's no way to know how whatever how much you know how formal or how professional it might have been uh, and you have to assume it never got off in any way shape or form we haven't seen it before we would have talked about it before so i'm curious to see whether the ads the next month too you know if, it, if they could even last a month <laughs> but like i picture a dude or maybe two dudes at their house with a bunch of nintendo games and just stuffing envelopes by hand kind of like this is very much like Let's, we're going to try to do like this is a grassroots fucking yeah, gr- let's gorilla. See if we can build it up and grow yeah, it. Yeah. Right. Which is cool. That's awesome, you know. Like that's like that with that thanks bro idea I had and that's yeah. uh, that's what we were we were stuffing fucking envelopes, you know, in fucking my apartment in New York and like that was that was with crazy ass publicity and shit. Uh me running around Manhattan taking people six packs of beer and beef jerky. Like that was a fucking crazy that was ass. Awesome. I love yeah, that it was a crazy ass time <laughs> I like. Uh so yeah, it's it's awesome to be trying to do that. Um, but yeah, I, I would so badly love to know more about this for sure, you know, because it is, yeah, it is so far ahead of the game and like, there's just no way to do it efficiently back then. Right. Like how did they, like, let's say, let's go on a thought experiment. Like, let's say they ran this ad and it's just like 
two kids. Say, say it says me and you're like, let's 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 freaking do it. Let's see if we can do this. And freaking ten thousand, let's say a crazy amount, ten thousand people sign up on all. You're like, oh shit, we need ten thousand games like right yeah, now. Like, fucked. where are you getting that bulk amount? Of, who well, dude, that's that that's exactly what happened with Thanks, Bro. Like, I had that idea, you know, and. Like, that stemmed out of me and Matt Jared, like, making that stupid little commercial, talking about edible arrangements and being like, what if we did that with beef jerky and beer? And I was like, that's a really good idea. We should do that. And I literally went home and just built the website myself, like, in this crude-ass dog shit HTML fucking fashion from my teenage sports website HTML self-taught thing that I had going on. So I built that website, went home. Made it live on a Friday, and I did a bunch of Twitter shit and, like, just tweeted a bunch of people about it and some Facebook posts and shit probably. Um, You know, I'm not some fucking social media genius or anything, but I had done the stuff for the films and stuff, so I had some level of savvy with it. And Monday morning, Urban Daddy picked it up. And Urban Daddy, I don't even know if that's around anymore, but it was, like, essentially... It was a thing back then, yeah. Yeah, it was a subscription thing that, you know... People paid for, I think, maybe not even. They might not even have paid for it. It's been an email list you sign up for, and they would email you every day or once a week or whatever it was, which is like, this is some cool shit in your town today. You know, they had Urban Daddy New York, Urban Daddy Chicago, whatever. It was a cool thing. And they picked it up over the weekend and sent that shit out on Monday morning. And I woke up Monday morning with like, oh my God, <laughs> like, like a, a million emails. And, and like, you know, the website was so bad. That a lot of the outreach was just like people emailing me with like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> Explain to me what the fuck this is. You know, uh, like I want to engage it. It looks cool. You know, I literally like, you know, I crudely drew like a bag that said beef jerky on it. And then like a shitty drawn. Like I did it in MS Paint, dude. Like literally outline black outlines on a fucking thing (laughs) and like wrote beer on the side of the beer can and then an equal side was like a bag of beef jerky plus a beer can equals thanks bro (laughs) like that was the that was the that was the logo i have a official u.s trademark for this for that for that logo uh so fucking yeah the you know and yeah you know Bunch of orders fucking came in immediately, and like, yeah, I I didn't even have a system for like how do I I didn't know how to process an order yet. Like, uh, people were I think I, I want to say I was like people were PayPaling me. Like, I can't even remember the way I was collecting money. Like, it was crazy, dude. And I would just yeah go to a I was just going to like Food Emporium or Gristides and buying six packs of beer. I remember you just kind yeah. of flying by the city, yeah, and just walking around town, walking up to people's fucking houses and offices and shit with the shit in my hands, and like just no idea how to run the business and it having traction already you know it's like so yeah that can absolutely happen for sure you know and fucking uh it's crazy fucking crazy as fuck so i'm sad for these people that didn't didn't work out because that that, that could have been a huge thing you know for sure and i guess like i said i look forward to seeing whether or not it does get a little traction and at least sticks around for a little bit precursor early early precursor to game pass right yeah like like, yeah if if it got any fucking traction all you would think game pro you know, because they're paying, they're paying for the ad, obviously, for this first thing. But, like, yeah. the fuckers at GamePro had to be like, wait a minute. Like, that's an interesting idea. <laughs> you know? Like, you would think they'd be like, well, at least we should do it. Yeah, this is interesting. Let's do a piece. And like I said, like, getting pressed for them. And we were in Cosmo. We were in fucking, like, everyone's like, yeah, I'll fuck yeah, I'll talk about that. That's crazy as fuck. That's a crazy-ass idea. <laughs> like, mail-oriented gift delivery service that's, like, really fucking 
testosterone driven like that like yes yeah. that doesn't exist let's talk about it you know so yeah if you come up with something good people are more than happy business insider did a thing on it which is like not even you know like fucking it's like a wall street analysis website publication and like they did a thing on thanks bro you know, just because they were like what the fuck <laughs> what is this yeah uh so yeah i guess that'd be awesome if we do see that out of game pro too we shall see then uh, we have that customary tension campaign full pager, campaign full pager rather, and a new one from Konami. My man, I can. This has been a rough episode. I just cannot talk. And a new one from Konami for their NFL football on Game Boy uh, title. And I think Jab might have had this, and it fucking sucked, or someone had it in my periphery, and it was not a good video game. But I did not have it. Yeah, licensed, but usually that means bad back then. <laughs> Coast from Rad Racer 2. Another uh, hot track from a subpar game. <laughs> Nominations. Yeah. What's so this this is this is uh probably our last episode of the uh, of the year. What are we going to gift ourselves for Christmas uh, on the OG gaming front, Jay? Oh man, I, it's an interesting one. Nothing jumped out to me like yes, I'm definitely want to play that game. You know, and so. Several games we've talked about before. I mean, pretty much all games we talked about before, almost. So, first and foremost, Solstice, naturally. It's, it's out. I was going to talk about it. Not married to it. You know, cool game. Um, we've talked about it before again, so I'm lobbying for it a little bit. Second, Boulder Dash, because why not? We've talked about it. It's a fun game. You know, it's, it's in the vein of those type of games that we've tried before. Like, we've talked about Dig Dug, Lolo. But it's fun. And, yeah, like I've mentioned, I would like to pull out a manual and kind of see what's going on and see if it's still more, fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's fucking dude. It's fun. Uh, but yeah, third, uh, it's funny. I was kind of looking like, what should I toss in here at third? Like there, there's a lot of ads. I'm pulling from ads at this point, yeah. but, uh, yeah, just going rogue. And I was going to say Tecmo world wrestling. I, wrestling okay. is a fun game, but yeah, it's out. So that's interesting. No, nothing, nothing pulled me really strongly. I will say that. Yeah, Tecmo. Tecmo likes the Tecmo. Is that, that's, that, that, that's a really, yeah, that's an outlier game that I hadn't thought about, even though we're seeing that ad quite a bit. Uh, okay, okay. Um, yeah, there, dude, I, I think this, I mean, I think I've talked about, like, my system for this. Like, I go through and I, you know, I have this nominations list at the end of my note fucking document here. And I just, as I go and I see something that, like, I think I'm into maybe playing, I add it to the list. Same. And then when I'm done, I... Parse it pair down list, to yep. yeah yeah pair it down to three and I think this was the longest list I've ever had when I finished you really know? so yeah I, I had like eight or nine games and, and wow. I, I think I, but see I think that's more of a testament testament to the same thing you were saying like nothing was like oh my god it has to be that it was yeah. just like I know I'm gonna need some shit to choose from later that'll do and I'll just add it to the list so yeah I, I had the the most pairing I think I've ever had to do. So, the ones I came down to were Ghouls and Ghosts on Genesis. That's another one that's kind of like mm. my Truxton, where it's just like, it's always there, and it's we keep there. seeing it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. And I think it'll be fun. And um, and again, I, I think I maybe just have a little bit of fixation on that idea of the 
the first episode to now, like how much better is that than that experience? I think there's a little bit of a something going on there. Then I have Batman on the NES. See, you mentioned that, and I was like, I skipped over it. Like, it didn't dawn on me as, like, a game because it's not focused. You know what I mean? Like, in the Yeah, it's just an game. ad, and we, yeah. that's an, that ad's in every issue. Yeah, it's easy to fucking gloss over those for the, for this, for sure, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, man, yeah. I've talked about it. It's a fucking great game, you know? And if we're going to – especially because, like, yeah, I think, you know, we're probably going to get a little bit more than two weeks out of the – Interim between these two episodes, it all the more you know Recently. gives us the opportunity to, to really enjoy that because I said it will you know it will it, I think it would be a, not hard. I mean it's a fucking platformer. It's not that fucking time consuming. It's not like fucking playing an RPG or anything. But it is a difficult enough game that it's not you're not gonna just blow through it. I don't I, who knows fucking in my mind it's not you, you didn't hit the timer in fucking zoom. What do I know? Who knows what you'll do? But <laughs> uh, you know <laughs> fucking I, I'm guessing you will find it difficult also. Right. Uh, so, you know, it, it is it is difficult, but gratifyingly difficult. And and, a, and no question, a great fucking game at Sunsoft. They just, you know, yeah. had a hard time fucking things up back then. So, very good game. So, there's that one. And then Moonwalker again for Genesis. I'm just so intrigued by it. I just think it would be so much fun. Um, and I was so impressed by what the actual gameplay ended up being quality-wise. Uh, when I dabbled with it, that it's also something that I think would be no gratifying. Oh, interesting. Yeah, interesting. I could definitely do Batman though. I mean, I could easily do Batman for this it's, time of year. It's yeah, it's it's no question like like I just worded it like Christmas gift to us. Like it's it's that good of a game. I think that it um you know that's a good reason to do it because uh, there's definitely yeah you mentioned like Boulder Dash like. Yeah, I want to play that game more, but we just did a puzzler. <laughs> that's why you know, I was like, did, ah, yeah. no, I'm not sure. Uh, we just did sure. a puzzler. That, that's the only reason it didn't end up. I think it still ended up my list, but I think it's the reason it got paired out was because yeah, was yeah. Like, we just did a puzzler. Uh, okay, you know. But yeah, I, th- I think Batman would. I, I think, especially because I mean, you've never really played it, right? I've I've played it a bit, like a little right. bit, just but fucked like, with it, right? Enough yeah. to know that it's hard, but I yeah. definitely did not own it. Never played like a so long good. playthrough it was a definitely a rental situation i got it i got it for og hardware too i don't like that i think i said before though i don't think i, I don't think i would do it that way i think i'm gonna do emulation because otherwise i'm just gonna be pissed off i think <laughs> yeah. well, so tecmo world wrestling and what solstice. was the first one solstice yeah i guess solstice. i don't think i could do solstice yeah. uh bad. too much risk like it maybe maybe but I don't want to spend the next three weeks playing a game where I'm like, oh, no, nope, this it is It could fucked. just be absolutely like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> right, like, right. I got to do more of this. Yeah, no, yeah. I get it. Yeah, I need to do, need to, uh, I'll do a little bit more research. So next time that we see it, we can talk about it with a little more certainty about what we'd be getting ourselves into, you know. Yeah. Um, okay. You want to just like no, 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 flip no, no, between no, no, Batman and Tecmo or? So I think Tecmo's Tecmo's interesting because it is so different and it's such a wacky ass wrestling game uh, that it would be I think also probably pretty fun. Nothing's going to get us more social media traction than Batman though. We'll probably break the internet. <laughs> True. Yeah. I feel like Batman will definitely be like, oh yeah, that game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, man. So that's I, good. I, I have a feeling if we play wrestling, if, if the playthrough goes anything like the last time my attempt was, I'm going to be super frustrated, like because it's. Yeah. I like. I feel like I was really good at the game before, and I'm definitely not good. The last time I was trying it, like it mm-hmm. just, 
clearly I need to put, pick up the manual. There, yeah, there is also, yeah, I remember fondly, and I dabbled with it, and like I think I had fun dabbling it when we, when we first saw it, dabbling with it when we first saw it. But it is a game that runs the risk of kind of getting redundant, and even if you enjoyed it first, like the progression is just like... Yeah, that's you know, my any, concern. There, there's not enough variance in NES wrestling, I guess is what I'm getting at, to make the challenge ramp up necessarily fun. You know, like Royal Rumble on Genesis and shit, like that is a game that like, there's enough going on control wise where, where when it gets harder, it's like a it's a good hard, you know, yeah. as opposed to just literally the code flying by faster. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like that, I think that's a risk too with that one that maybe also not the best thing to do to ourselves for the holidays. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I could definitely do wrestling. It doesn't have to be now, but I could definitely do it. Okay. Potentially. What do you think? I'll leave it up to you. What do you want to do? Batman. Let's do it. We talked about it. All right. Months yep. ago. Fucking A. Epic choice to, to wrap out 2021. <clears throat> okay. Um, well, uh, in closing... Well, actually, sorry. So we, we have that, and uh, we'll do Batman next, of course, and then we will be getting back on the Nintendo tip with issue 14. And if you're actually following along with us in order, and you're asking yourself what the hell happened to number 13... Issue 13 of Nintendo Power. That is the Mario Brothers 3 strategy guide, and we're not covering those with magazine episodes because that would be even more boring than we are with three hours on normal issues. <laughs> so that's what's up with that number uh, skipping. And in closing, uh, I thought it worth mentioning, being the end of the year now, we've been doing this pod for together for two years now, Jay. And it's actually at three years total with the lost jab years. And, well, you know, I thought it was worth saying that we just... You know, I am. I'm assuming you are as well. and probably speak for both of us and say, we just want to say thanks for listening to and engaging with us about this crazy-ass little podcast. You know, uh, these games are a huge therapeutic part of my life. And it's really cool to find other people that are as sick as we are and want to dwell on them with us. It's it's really fun that, that we are able to get the engagement and, and, and people want to talk to us about this shit and our dumbass opinions about them um, uh, as much as we do. So that's really cool. Happy holidays, and I hope you get a copy of Dig Dug 2 in your stocking on NES like you asked Santa for. Uh, you can subscribe to the pod on the platform provider, whatever dumbass company that serves up your pottery. Please rate and leave positive shit for the pod on whatever platform you listen to if you do enjoy our nonsense. The website is nyhentertainment.com forward slash ISOH pod. Email us directly at isohpodcast at gmail.com. You can follow the pod and banter with us on the Facebook page, Instagram, and subreddit, and talk shit to us about our gameplay videos on the YouTube. Links to all those will be in the show notes, as they always are. And we do not have a Patreon. But if you like giving money to things podcasts to tell you to, particularly in the holiday season, and would like to do so at our direction, the Able Gamers Foundation creates custom gaming rigs for gamers with disabilities, and that is cool as fuck. AbleGamers.org is where you can find them. There are t-shirts on the website. They're dope, and proceeds on those after pod expenses. Go to Able Gamers. Jay. What are your holiday socials? <laughs> Gentleman JB without the second E. That is my gamer tag. Uh, when I do post on social, social media, that's where you can find me. Uh, if you do play on Xbox, feel free to add me on any of your fire teams. <laughs> on Halo Infinite. Word. I am on Instagram. My shift key is broke. My Twitter is at Josh Follin. My Oculus gamer tag is my shift key is broke. Happy fucking holidays. Okay, bye. <laughs>